0: Hey guys, new podcast this week, uh, Wednesday, it's Wednesday, it's actually probably Tuesday when I release this, but it's when- I don't know what day it is that you're listening to this, sorry I gotta turn Viceland down, I'm obsessed with Viceland, we talk about that a little bit on today's podcast, we also, and i only doing this as a uh, disclaimer, we- I also shit a tad bit on a guy I like, uh, Casey Neistat, I don't shit on him totally but I don't want it to be construed that I dislike him or that I'm trying to start beef I'm not at all I'm talking about narcissism and media and how our, the whole point we were talking about originally was Snapchat woo I'm blowing the fuck up Snapchat and Twitter and and selfies and how vlogging is somewhat of one huge selfie I do have this Dan Hope fuck it's my manager hold on hello okay hold on one second uh i'll pick this up as soon as i get done hold all right that's it uh that was just my manager we were talking about date offers and uh a pilot i'm working on and he liked the script so uh but anyway that was it i it was i don't mean to shit on casey neistat if he does hear this and he gets upset. I can't imagine that he's listening to this because so I've asked him to be on my podcast a number of times. Uh, but, and I think he's just too busy. But yeah, so if I talk negatively about anybody, it, you realize it's just a conversation of two people talking, and sometimes you can forget the mics are on. And I, and I, and I admire what Casey Neistat's doing. But whatever I say is whatever I say. Fuck it, dude. Fuck it. Uh, dates, go to BurtBurtBurt.com. I know I'm in, i talk about this on the show, but I'm in, uh, Uh, Des Moines right now. No, I'm in Virginia Beach right now. If you're listening to this right now, I'm in Virginia Beach. Then I'm in Des Moines. Then I'm in Calgary. Then I might be in Appleton, Wisconsin. I'm not certain. That was what the phone call was about. We're trying to figure out if that's going to work. And uh, go to BertBertBert.com. You can see all my tour dates. Special went fantastic. So I will talk about that a tad bit. uh, To Steve uh, that you're about to listen to. Special went fantastic. Thank you, everyone that came out. That was a a benchmark in my career, one of my favorite nights of my life, and thank you so much for all your support. Thank you, everyone who sent me really nice messages the day of and the day before, the special telling me I have a great set. That means a lot. I didn't reply to many of them, but I definitely read them, and they definitely registered, and I definitely thought about them. So that's it. By the way, had a great conversation with Kurt. Uh, Metzger today, he called me out of the blue and was just wanted to fucking shit on I was just fucking great. It was so fucking awesome. I love that guy. And Kurt, I love you. He said it to me and I say it back. All right. Today's podcast. This guy, you might know him from the Sarah Silverman program. He was on there. That's where I first got introduced to him. He was one of the biggest guys on Twitter until he deleted his account. And he talks about this on the podcast today. And I saw him do stand up at the con. That's how we'll start out right away is with a huge compliment because I saw him at the comedy store, and let me tell you something if this guy is in your neighborhood, fucking go see him do stand up. He is so fucking funny. He really genuinely is, and thank you, Brian Redband for introducing the two of us uh' he's friends with Brian, and they did a podcast, and I was having to do the podcast, and we got to hang out and from there we've kept in touch. And so I finally got him on my podcast, and I'm gonna have him back on because he's that fucking funny, and he's real. He is real as fuck. Ah, oh, God, I love this guy, ladies and gentlemen. Today's podcast, Steve Agee.
1: This is
0: a podcast. Can you grab that mic, talk to it. Yo, yo, yo. Perfect, perfect. I, I'm on.
2: Testing. Perfect.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. It's six. This is. It's six. This is almost low, and it's seven. It's blown out. Yeah, I have the same one. Really. Um, I gotta start, I'm gonna start off with the, the, I've been thinking about this all day, the right way to word this. Yeah. It's, this is a compliment, but it's gonna, but I'm so bad at compliments sometimes, (laughs) they come out fucking, they come out. Lay it on me. They come out bad.
2: I get it, I'm the same way. So
0: the first time I ever heard of you was through Twitter. Yeah. Was through Twitter, I think you had like two million followers or something. I had a million. Million. And then. And then I saw you on Sarah Silverman's show. Yeah. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Like, I've never seen you on no, around. It's... And And then, and you know how you, in a weird way, there's people that show up in this business like, uh, um, people who, people who show up in this business and then are actors or get booked and yeah. you're like, and you're like, no, I'm well, like, uh, Rob, what's the guy that's really big on Twitter? Uh, Delaney. Rob Delaney. Yeah. Um, and you're like, I've never seen him do stand up. Yeah. And, so in a weird way, until you see them do stand-up, you don't really have a frame of reference for how talented you
2: believe them to yeah. be.
0: I had had that for you for the longest time. I've known you, but and I know yeah. that I connected with you. I like listened to you on podcasts and stuff. you yeah. a lot of the
2: same issues. And I think we met at the Ice House. At the
0: Ice House. And I was super excited to see you because yeah. I heard you talk about anxiety one time. Yeah. And it was like fucking groundbreak. It was literally groundbreaking for me. because so I was like, oh, fuck, I got that exact same shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I saw you do stand-up at the fucking comedy store. And I got to be dead honest. Oh, you. no shit. I you might be the funniest person <laughs> I've ever seen live.
2: That's have, a great compliment. I don't know how that I would take that. Because, because it
0: comes out it comes out backhanded because and yeah. and I'll say this very candidly, but there's a lot of people in, in the alt community that can't yeah. do stand up. Yeah. That they can do they can definitely do UCB and they can do yeah. Nerdist Meltdown and yeah. they can frame their jokes in a rhythm with verbiage that connects with those yeah, people. Yeah. But when they do like a legit, I don't know anyone Club, in this room yeah. audience, they aren't
2: destructive. Do you fucking... I mean, I'm telling you... I'll tell you what, I'm terrified of the comedy store. That's one place too. that for some reason, I'm like, I'm always nervous. Always fucking nervous. Oh, me
0: too, me too. I've never enjoyed
2: the There's place. There's a weird, uh, you know, stigma with that place because in the back of the your head i'm always like uh, oh, you know people get shot here yeah it's like i i, I just associate it with a, like a violent <laughs> world um and it's just it kind of still has that seedy vibe to it which is awesome but also terrifying it's terrifying especially and i'm I'm gonna put i'm i find a
0: lot of connections between me and you that you probably don't know yet but like yeah. i think we're both very sensitive men yes i think oh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're like Extremely sensitive to everything. I I, uh, I often say I have an acute, I have a I have an acute sense of picking out the futility of it all. Yeah, like I can see sadness oh, sometimes boy. walking through the grocery store, and I, and, it, <laughs> and it and it fucking breaks my heart.
2: <laughs> like sadness in the grocery store. And I, I, yeah,
0: and I'm like, and I and I I always imagine from listening to you on podcasts. <laughs> that were similar in that sense and so when i saw you at the comedy store i was like oh how cool that you're here i know you're friends with red band yeah and i was like oh is how cool and i went over on the side there's me um i want to say maybe jesse may peluso
2: uh-huh
0: uh chris D'Elia, maybe yeah um, we all just went to it was watch one it. of those secret shows and it was yeah. fucking you i'm telling you when i say this oh, and i'm thanks. saying this out loud and i'm I've, I've very seldomly said this on my podcast <laughs> If you if you were in a city, I would fucking be tweeting oh, about, wow. about you being there so my fran- fans could go there I more than you the, would.
2: I should do the road. More. You could fucking destroy the road. Really? I'm Dude. so fucking terrified oh of Oh my tourists. god,
0: you would destroy the road. You do, you do not speak <laughs> from a you speak from a level of um of empathy, well, you, you you speak empathetically on yeah. stage, and you and you. It's all about you. It's yeah. not. It's not pain. You're not mocking someone else. Yeah, yeah. And it's, dude. It's what. It's the comedy I absolutely love. I got to yeah. be honest with you. I haven't laughed out loud watching comedy. <laughs> wow, very thanks, few man. times. I mean, thanks. I. I'll sit back and even like Burr, who I think is genius. Oh, I'll yeah. sit back and I'll smile a lot, and then yeah. he'll get me a good gut laugh once in a while. Yeah, yeah. But like I smile like wow, good fucking writing. I'm like yeah, holy yeah. shit, man, that yeah, was there. He's awesome. But man, you had me laughing beginning to end. Holy shit. Because you also have a you also have this amazing stage presence that isn't forced. It is who you are. You are who you are on stage and off
2: stage. Yeah. And I love that in a performer. And I was right. like,
0: I gotta be honest with you, I came home and I was like, I'm now googling the fuck out of him.
2: <laughs> yeah, it took forever. I'm I only feel like I just got comfortable doing stand up like within the past few years. Really? Like, I was always her I mean I started doing it when I was like 18 years old um just because when I was a kid I would listen to Dr. Demento and he turned me you know he would play clips of you know not just music but stand up on a show and that's where I first heard George Carlin when I was like 10 years old or 11 years How old How old are you? I'm 47. I just turned 47. And um so like when when I was 11 I think I've said this before but like All my friends, that's like when, you know, you're influenced by your friends and you start buying music that they buy. And like all my friends were buying, you know, albums like music. And like I was buying comedy albums at like 11. Like my first, I think the first album I ever bought was George Carlin, Place for My Stuff. And like just I couldn't get enough comedy. But I came from a family and a world where no one was in entertainment. I didn't think it was something you could actually do. Where'd you grow up? Riverside, just an hour east of Oh, really? So you're from L.A.? Kind of. And so I was just like, I don't, I didn't know that was something you could do. And then I think it was my mom that was, she showed me like a clipping in like the L.A. Weekly or something. She's like, look, they have like an open mic for stand-up. And I did it. And it went, luckily it went well my first time. Because I feel like if it, if I had bombed my first time doing stand-up, I probably never would have done it again. That's the type of person I am. I'm like I realize when something goes bad. I'm not one of those delusional people that's I'm like not, I'm not either. That went well. I'm like, if it fucking was horrible, I would have been like, okay, what can I try now? But it went well. Then it started going bad, but I was like, I know it's there somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just chasing that first time. Um But I, it you know, was what year is this? This is This was like eighty nine or so the club
0: options were not there was not like uh there weren't a lot and this was at a
2: in montclair which i don't think is it's even there anymore there was a comedy club called the laugh stop um and that's where i did it and they're like hey that was great come back and do it again and uh so that's where i'd go and then i started going i i saw in the la weekly you know like an open mic it wasn't really an open mic; you had to audition for it. But it was at the Ice House, in the annex, and uh, this guy Dave McNary ran it, who I think still does stuff there. And uh, so I went and auditioned, and you could just do shows there, like once. A- I would do shows there once a month, and uh, but no, nothing how- ever came out of it. I didn't know how to keep. I didn't realize the concept of other comedy clubs, so I was just like, oh, let's do this once a month, and and. And then it just kind of petered out, and I just started playing in bands. I was like, oh, this is – I I get easily uh, uh, engulfed in, in new shit. Like, when I started playing in bands, I was like, this is what I want to do. And then, you know, I was li- moved to L.A. with a band, and then – What kind of music? It was like punk. And yeah. then we kind of broke up, and everyone moved back to – you know back to riverside and i was the only one that stayed in la and i started dating this girl who was taking crap classes at the groundlings and i went to a show with her and i was like oh yeah yeah i loved comedy i'm going to do that again but maybe i'll do improv and and sketch and i want to be on s because i'd always wanted to be on snl and so that's how i got back into doing comedy and i was just never like stand up was never natural for i was bad at writing i thought to me comedy there was just one kind where you write up you write a a setup and then a punchline, and i I was like that's and i was bad at that my jokes were so fucking hacky and goofy and even i mean well even while sarah's show was going on i was just like i was like uh i was not happy doing stand-up because i just felt like a sham i was like these are horrible jokes but I'm allowed to go into a club and do them because I'm on the Sarah Silverman show. Like, doors would open and I'd be like, well, I'd be a fool not to do this. Yeah, Um But I s- felt horrible. And that was when I, like in 2010 or 11, I mean, it was very recent. I, I met Janine Garofalo. She was out <sighs> here shooting 24. I fucking am obsessed with Janine I Garofalo. am too. I, I loved her and I met her backstage at Largo and we immediately hit it off and... We're hanging out a bunch while she lived out here, and I remember one night I was just like we we're talking about stand up, and I was just like, I I don't know, I don't like the jokes I do, I don't I don't think I write good jokes, and and she would just totally open my eyes. She's like, so don't write jokes. She's like, just fucking talk about shit in your life. It doesn't have to be observational. You talk about you know what what's bothering you, you know, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. And then I just started talking about you know all the shit in my life, and it fucking made it so much more enjoyable.
0: Oh, dude, I can't. I hope. I hope you. By the way, this is my gardener, Gabriel.
2: He may get done blowing and then decide to come in. I, I walked. I, I. Yeah, I rang your doorbell, and he was just like, uh, "He's not. He's not that. He's in the back." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I was like, "I. This is my first time here. I don't. I don't know." I feel weird walking in the back. He's like, he's in the back. He's like, go under the back. And then I'm, lying, you know, before we started, my there was this horrible knot in my shoe, and my shoe was untied. And He's like, your shoes untied. I'm like, yeah, I know my fucking shoes untied, dude. Everyone tells me my shoes untied. He he uh, he, he has a, a bug for the
0: podcasting, so you'll see. He'll knock and want to come in, and that's funny. And then tell you a story about uh, something. He's a very sweet guy, but he often brings stuff and tries to sell it. Does he ever let you use
2: the uh, leaf blower?
0: No, I've always know, wanted to try one. He those. should let his wife use the leaf blower. His poor wife does all the fucking manual labor, and he just goes around <laughs> and blows around the leaves.
2: Yeah, look She's, like,
0: carrying all the She's this doing shit. everything. She does everything. He brought his kids out here one time, and I felt like a fucking... I felt horrible. I, felt like, <laughs> I was like, I can't have your kids doing my lawn. I'll do my lawn. Never mind. I'll do my lawn. I'll pay you. You guys relax.
2: I'm so jealous that you have a house. Um, it's all I think about. It's now. my wife.
0: I, I would never have had a house. I would have never had a house. I would have never, I would have stayed in our apartment
2: forever. I would have no interest in, um, I had no interest in owning a home. You didn't? It's all I want. Really? I'm so sick. I've lived in the same apartment for like a long time and it was, it's a why really. Don't you
0: just go on the road, make fucking $500,000.
2: <laughs> no, I'm being, ser- I'm being dead serious. No, I know you are. I, the other thing is I, I, I don't do the road. I'm, A, I'm afraid of doing the road. I don't know why. Uh, Part of it is my depression. Yeah. I am... Well, the the road will definitely fucking squeeze that. Exactly. I don't like the idea of being in... Like, I'd be fine in Portland, in San Francisco, in Austin or New York. Great. Chicago, sure. But it's the town's like, hey, come to Peoria for four days. And I was like, I think I would yeah i don't know if i'm built for the road i feel like i would kill myself Uh, and i'm not even there's ways
0: there's ways that uh there's ways to um to finagle the road to make it really enjoyable yeah um i think if you did what you know what a lot of the guys a lot of a lot of guys go out and do one-nighters those Mm -hmm. are really fun yeah you can't make a ton of money that way i mean you really can make good money doing a weekend yeah um but but I I I'd argue you could probably make the same amount of money doing one nighters and just doing door deals at one at rock venues and then pair up with another guy you like
2: and go out together. That's what it is. I I love doing shows with my friends. Like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna be in San Francisco the 13th of this month at the Punchline with John Doerr. Oh, he's and I was fantastic. like, like I'm just featuring for him. I'm not gonna make any money. I'm paying to get myself there, but I love. For some reason, I love going to do shows with my friends. Yeah. You know what I mean. I'm like, I'll go, yeah, I'll go to fucking Houston and and do a show with you, and but I don't do it a lot because I'm not gonna make any money.
0: Um, I, I I I can't I can't express this enough. I hope I hope that you get the experience I got watching you. It was that oh, much wow, fun. Man. It was and I, 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 I'll be very I'll be wow I'll be very. He's playing with the softball. You see that? you see that oh yeah he's holy shit he's doing tricks for us right now he wants to get on the fucking he's
2: podcast. doing the thing where he holds the the hose for the leaf blower straight up and down and he's got a softball hovering yeah he look he's doing look he's doing it for us now he's performing he's the tiger woods of leaf blowing <laughs> look at that's amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah an orange do an orange <laughs> You're like fuck, <laughs> fuck you! That we eat those mother <laughs> uh,
0: He's looking for a fucking orange now.
2: Uh, Should I go reach an orange for him?
0: Oh, what if it goes into? It's, its gonna neck?
2: clog up his.
0: <laughs> it's gonna clog up his dick and explodes on his back. Wow. <laughs> uh, um, no,
2: he, he's, he's just doing, looking for an excuse to steal your oranges.
0: So, uh, but what, what was I just about to say before Gabriel started uh, uh, um, the road? The road the um oh fuck,
2: fuck Gabriel, God
0: damn it, Gabriel, <laughs> but no, but like it you the road is doable, it does fuck with depression, it does um i don't I don't have depression, but I, ha- I probably have like whatever low grade depression people probably regularly get,
2: yeah, I think there's a, a normal uh amount of depression in everybody
0: yeah and i get that and the road definitely exacerbates that um but there is a way to do the road where you go in if you if, especially if you can fly in thursday morning do thursday night press friday two shows friday two shows saturday and bail sunday morning yeah that's not that bad um small towns you end up you end up kind of falling in love with the small towns cause, oh, uh, yeah because you end up going there a lot so like i'm going to des moines in I'm in Virginia Beach this weekend, Des Moines next weekend, Calgary the weekend after that. I've never been to Calgary, so that'll be depressing. So I'm like, I'll have to figure out the city. But once you've gone there a couple times, yeah. you're like, oh, uh, I got people that'll come to Des Moines that come see me and I hang out with. Yeah. And, and I and like usually I'll do like some sort of 5K. Not usually, but I have done 5Ks in cities. Holy shit. That'll get you out of that. it will just get you out of the apartment. I'm going to a a wine
2: mixer in Virginia Beach with some fans oh, that like cool. hey you want
0: to do this that makes it more fun I drink a lot on the road that fucks with me
2: yeah I, I don't think. drink you don't drink no I stopped like four years ago because I would get sick every single time I. I maybe I have an allergy but like and I wasn't even a big drinker I would just socially drink but if I went to a party the last time I drank and I had one beer and the next day I felt so sick yeah and I was like why do i even bother i'm not drinking to get drunk at these parties even why am i even socially drinking and so i just stopped um, yeah i still smoke pot
0: yeah i i'm i'm uh i haven't been drinking lately um that's just because i started i got very in in like not introspective i guess yeah as to what am i what am I here for in this world? Like, why am I here? Yeah, I, I really have been phoning everything in for fucking 42 years. Yeah, I've just been, I'm very lucky. Yeah, But I, just, I haven't been working very hard. I've, I've been doing what I love. Yeah. And I work hard at it, I yeah. guess. But I don't work as hard as I could. Didn't you just record a special? I just did a special. And so I, right How'd before I that, it was f- fantastic. Awesome. I mean, Can I tell you something? By yeah. the way, this is going to dial into, I think, a similarity we have candidly between me and you if i wasn't doing this and and we were like best friends i tell you dude it was the greatest thing i've ever done i worked really hard yeah and i think i gotta be honest with you i did like an hour 20 Mm -hmm. so out of that and i did two shows i think i had on both shows there were probably like nines they were fucking fantastic and so you edit between the two of those you got a home, home run 10 i'm very proud of it now the way I really am in life, I would never say that. Yeah. I, I'm so embarrassed to say that. Yeah. I say that to you to, to prove something way. about what I feel is social media yeah. and you you deleted your Twitter account. <laughs> yes. But that's how that was that, dumb. But but I <laughs> fucking want to delete mine. I'm like uh, yeah. it's it's we're in this world of narcissism begets art. Like so so our biggest social media people are are technically now our biggest artists are just simply the most narcissistic people. Oh, and that is
2: who leads the charge. So out of control, dude. I've really been like, like in my own head. And so fucking, uh, like really fucking questioning social media lately. Like, like fucking now Snapchat, dude, Snapchat has fucking made me want to, Almost delete every social media. Snapchat.
0: I. I'm. Uh, Snapchat shows you how the most interesting people in comedy are the saddest human beings <laughs> alive. I, I'm telling you when I say this, and I will not say names, but I will tell you, the most popular stand-up comedians are by themselves all the fucking time.
2: <laughs> I don't didn't have, even think of it
0: that they way. They don't have any friends. They don't have any friends, and you realize that as they were as they were tweeting, and they were funny in Twitter, and as they were. Instagramming cool pictures, yeah, that's great. But when Snapchat is watching me type uh, in my twi- tweets and that is me yeah. alone and I'm watching these people and I'm... It's, and,
2: it's opening the curtain and revealing...
0: Dude, I it <laughs> breaks my heart. Like I literally called someone yesterday and said, hey, would you like to go for a hike or something? <laughs> because, because I know the guy is just... He's just sat... It's just... There's no way you can be happy in that life.
2: I... I never even thought of it that way. That makes perfect sense. To me, it's all I see when I look at Snapchat. Like, every single person I look at, I'm like, narcissist, narcissist, narcissist. All their cameras are on rear or front facing. So everyone's Snapchat is just them. Yeah. And it is just them sitting in their car. Sitting Going in their to car, get coffee. And why
0: is it that the cars Laying. look all European? Every time someone's driving in Snapchat, it looks like the drivers the steering
2: wheels. Fine on their side. leather. Yeah, it's and it's just, it's just me, 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 me. Here's a picture of me, and then, oh, dude. And it's bleeding over into like Instagram, where like, they so they've got those weird filters that put weird like dog ears and shit on you, and so now people are, are screen grabbing or saving those and putting them on. Instagram and I'm just like, it is so fucking out of control.
0: It really is, and it's well, I my my downward spiral started with um, vlogs. So I got obsessed with this guy Casey Neistat's vlog, Mm -hmm. and then very quickly realized, oh, this is like this is propaganda. This is almost identical to what Hitler did. Like really very close they're very close cousins yeah is like hey I got a dog huh like have you ever seen his, his videos of him no. up, his, up at his house no Oh, I've, I've watched everything there is to know about Hitler uh, Hitler had a dog right yeah so uh, so it, it was propaganda that backfired he wanted everyone he wanted to show the human side of himself no so he goes shit. up to his mountain house and he has all his generals with him Ava's with him and the dog the eagle's comes nest over, the eagles nest yeah and the dog comes over Jeremy shepherd, obviously <laughs> Comes. comes <laughs> of course comes over and Hitler goes to pet him but the dog goes eee! and like freaks no yeah, because clearly Hitler's not a he good pet beats owner beats his fucking dog he beats his fucking dog so it backfired and then I started watching Casey Neistat Casey Neistat has a fantastic vlog he's also everyone, the Hitler of dogs I would tell everyone to watch it however <laughs> after a while you start realizing what is the the equivalent of the dog quiver of 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 his propaganda machine Getting out of control. Yeah. And, 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 and and it's fine, dude. I'm not. It's not made for me. I'm 43 years old. It's made for children. That's why he doesn't curse in it, and he bleeps out curses. Yeah, it's made for children. That's who's watching YouTube. Yeah. I got into vlogging because of Casey Neistat and this guy, Mr. Ben Brown. Yeah. Mr. Ben Brown's is more of an artistic vlog. Casey's is more of an ego driven. Like I sit first class. I have nice cars. I have a nice house. I have a really cool office. Look at this. I got this present. I just throw it around. Like he's really. It's really narcissistic. It's it's a little hard for me to watch now because I've watched so many of them. I can't watch it. But um, uh, but that is where I started noticing the narcissism really noticing it I didn't notice it in tweets
2: like humble brag was brilliant it really was brilliant yeah that was great because I didn't catch those I never did either until Harris started that account and started pointing that shit out and I'm like fuck I'm guilty of that sometimes oh I'm
0: so guilty of it I'm
2: so early I'm in my trail I'm like yeah I'm announcing that i'm on a set working on a tv show yeah
0: and him. i and i never realized it until he pointed it out that's a miss i wish that guy was still alive I too i, I never me too. met i think i met him before i definitely met yeah. him in houston um, but i never got to hang out with him yeah i just think i watched his info improv group in, yeah. in houston but um but and so <clears throat> i started noticing it there and then i started noticing it i started noticing a long time ago on instagram i stopped putting pictures of myself doing cool shit because so i was like i don't think anyone wants to see this shit and then my and then my and then I, when I got onto Snapchat, at first I was pretty fascinated by it, and then I was like, "Oh, this is, it's this is crazy. heartbreaking.
2: It's crazy.
0: Like I can't, I can't watch it now. Like I would follow this one girl, Alby, is her name. Uh-huh. She's basically just a whore. I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, honestly. And if she isn't, then she needs to change the way she represents herself <laughs> on Snapchat. Yeah, because it's basically her smoking blunts, covered in tattoos, and everything is a picture of her tits, her ass, her. It's, it's. it's I mean and her like biting her bottom lip and and like and i i just was sitting there like i go i got to i got to unfollow you only because i think you're sucking away parts of my good serotonin <laughs> yes. like
2: even like some of the porn stars that i follow on snapchat i'm like they're not even posting nude photos. Yeah. Like why am I this you're doing shit that every other girl on Snapchat is doing. Yeah, no offense. The reason I follow you is cause you
0: have drool hanging from a dick to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I don't follow you to see you hanging out in a pool with some fucking DJ I in Miami.
2: I don't care what you had for lunch.
0: I don't care what you had <laughs> unless it's cock. Fucking uh, yeah. it, like I that is so fucking true. Snapchat was like is is I think I I think was the ropes end for me.
2: Yeah, it was the biggest eye opening. Like, oh, we have a problem with social media. You know, it's and I tweeted. I think I tweeted. I may have Snapchatted it as well, but I tweeted it also because that Snapchat shit disappears after like twenty four hours. But like, I was like, I'm so sick of watching everybody just post fucking photos and videos of themselves. I was like, I. There are people I'm friends with who I follow on there who like, you know, you have that story thing on Snapchat yeah. where, and I'll, I'll like, in, I'll click on their name to see their Snapchat, and then I just keep clicking, and it's, it's like sixty Snapchats of them in their car, fixing their hair, and I was like, this is fucking crazy, and then I started getting like text messages from girls, not even just girls, but guys too, going. Were you talking about me? And I'm like, actually, I wasn't. But if the fucking shoe fits, yeah, I'm actually talking about everybody. That's the
0: truth. Is that I I love when I get a text message and it's a dick. I gotta be honest with you. I get excited. I'm like, I'm like, finally, man, this is what it was meant for. Yeah, I mean, this will this will tell you how how when I signed up for Snapchat, that was when it was dick pics. That's it. Yeah, and I my 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 handle was Romeo Horsecock because I was like, that'll get some dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> and now that it's turned into a legit social media thing, I'm like, I feel silly that my handles Romeo Horsecock,
2: Romeo Horse. It is the worst. It's the worst social networking. uh app that's come out yeah. yeah
0: i don't i don't i mean uh there are a few people i think that are that are actually fun to you like watch like there's a some people that i've met on TripFlip on my show on travel channel that mm-hmm. i watch their snapchat and they're actually it's all about their family and their their kids so it's cool for me yeah. to look at it and go oh it's cool your kids are growing up that's yeah. cool um there's a couple of female comedians that i don't mind that are that if there's a selfie there's drawn stuff on it and yeah. it's and it's and it's promoting their shows which is fine but man for the most part i was my heart was breaking watching some guys i was like i was like guys man like like you are the fucking prototype for like why you end up getting married and have a family because that is what yeah. sits out there the the um but yeah you, how did you, you what was the takeoff for you for twitter why would why did you why, how did you get so big on twitter
2: i I started early in Twitter, and then um, I think Sarah's show was still on the air when, it, when Twitter was going. And uh, so I, I had been on it for a while, and I had like 2,000 followers. And then Sarah joined, and in one night, she had 5,000 followers. And I was like, God damn it, I've been on here for like almost a year, and I have 2,000. Granted, she's Sarah Silverman, but yeah. I was still like, fuck, I've been here for forever. And so this was a Monday, and I was like, I'm going to do, like, this weird thing. I was, And so I tweeted, if I get 5,000 followers by Friday or by Saturday, no, by Friday, I'll read all their names in a video. Like, I'll just sit in front of, you know, cam chat or whatever it was at the time, and I'll just go through and I'll read every single person's name. And I sent that tweet out and I started getting a few followers, not many But And then my friend uh, texted me. He's like, dude, I just did some math. And he's like, if you get 5,000 followers, that's going to take you like, like four hours. (laughs) And then I was like, Oh, I don't want to do that. And so I just didn't mention it again. I didn't retweet it. I I was like, I'm just going to let this go. (laughs) And then somehow rain Wilson saw it and he retweeted it. And my number started fucking really going up and I was getting really scared and then um, that Friday, the my last day, people had till midnight, Friday night, that last fucking day, Oprah did a show about Twitter. Oh, shit. Oh, and after Rain Wilson retweeted me, I think somebody at Twitter put me on a list where when you used to sign up for Twitter. It would suggest who to use. Suggest who to use. And if you didn't unselect those, you were just automatically following them. So dumb people would just not do that. Or people who are not dumb, but just weren't getting it, would just automatically be following me. The people that are not tech savvy. Exactly. They would just automatically be following me. So I was getting a lot of followers that way now. And then fucking that Friday, Oprah did a show about Twitter. She had Ashton Kutcher on and Jimmy Fallon, and she signed up for a Twitter account. Oh, my
0: God. And as
2: soon as she signed up for a Twitter account, every housewife in America started signing up for Twitter and we're just automatically following. My numbers went up so fucking high in one day that I had to just like halfway through Friday. I just put my account on on lock like you couldn't follow me unless I approved it. Because I was like, this is out of control. I can't read this many names tomorrow. And also half oh, these people shut. don't have these people who are now following don't even realize that I'm going to be reading names. And so <laughs> I think I got up to like 8000 followers or something. Uh, by midnight, and uh, so the next day, I all day it took me like six hours. I just sat there and read. Are you serious? I did it, yeah. And then, but then from that point on, I was getting like a thousand followers a day, every fucking day, and sometimes more. And then, uh, you know, I, it wasn't long before I had like a million, one hundred thousand followers. But like a lot of them didn't know who I was. A lot of them were spam bots. And the people who I didn't know, or who, or who didn't know me, I would get like probably anywhere from 10 to 50 tweets a day at me going, who the fuck are you? You're not fucking funny. Why am I fucking following? Oh, that's fucking just funny. really angry, like yeah, aggressive. And I have done nothing to these people. <laughs> and they're just like, who the fuck are you? And so I would just... Uh, Gabriel, come here for a sec. So I just deleted it. And you? How many did you have when you deleted it? One million one hundred thousand.
0: Gabriel, this is my buddy Steve. Hi, Gabriel. Steve, this is Gabriel. How are you? Oh,
2: that was, hi, you? That was great. What you are doing oh, with? Yeah, the...
3: you can do this in your show. Oh, here, yeah, yeah. It's an you're, audio. Talk into sh- the microphone. Tell them what you were doing. Okay, I'm a. Uh, I'm the gardener here for uh, Mister uh, Albert for twenty uh, years. Twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. 20 years, yeah. See, okay. 20 years or 25, right? 25 I know this house for 25 years Wow, oh, okay yeah, I know Mr., uh, what's the his name? He's uh, yeah He's worked this house for 25, 25 years Oh, wow so Long, long time I know this orange tree was little Now it's big
2: no key- Wow
3: Yeah, so Time passed too fast, it, right?
2: Yeah, that's for sure
3: So he's uh, your friend or your Ex- partner? Oh, yeah, yeah Businessman <laughs> business yeah. yeah. Business friend oh, <laughs> yeah. He's a comedian yeah. Oh, comedian? Yeah. Oh, Give me your signature. Okay. Okay. All right. Is famous or not famous? No, no, no. Very famous? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, not it's enough. Like, yeah. like Charlie Chaplin? Uh, not that big. <laughs> you know Charlie Chaplin was a Mexican. He was born in Mexico City. but No, they, no. is that true? the one they took to Europe. And then he came to the United States. They kidnapped and then, him and took him to Europe. Yeah, yeah. In Mexico. <laughs> Michoacan, Mexico. No. Yeah. It's not true. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, right. Are you serious? Yeah. Look yeah I'm it up. serious. Yeah. Okay. He born over there. And you never hear about this his story like uh, like uh, <laughs> Hitler. Hitler uh, born in Argentina and then they took to Europe and then when uh, almost he passed away, he, they took uh return to Argentina. He passed oh. away in Argentina. Hitler? Yeah, Hitler. Really? Yeah, <laughs> so it's uh Yeah okay so <laughs> I'm finished with the show here with the orange uh, oh. you can put it this and like that that's perfect. great and then uh that look cool what you doing with your flamingos you you selling or no
0: no we're leaving them the girls
3: love them yeah, they're growing the gro- the, the, they're growing there's they, a lot of yeah, pink flamingos a, out there it was a prank really put, someone
0: did it to us and the girls loved it and so the bad. yeah i
3: put water <laughs> and i get fit the grass i put so they growing oh perfect perfect it's Also, cuban uh flamingos yeah you never been in uh flamingos uh i have i've been C- to florida casino? No. Oh, in Las Vegas. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice and beautiful, but yeah. When I don't like is when you gambling, you have no money in your pocket, so that. That's
2: the worst. Yeah. yeah, it's right. When you lose all your money. <laughs> so you have
3: any eggs for sale now? No, we're eating them. We get. Oh. Only,
0: we should have gotten another chicken. We're only getting like uh, three eggs a day. Three eggs every
3: two days. Three, oh. So we're eating them like we're, we eat them before. Yeah. Before. So what? Uh, maybe I bring a boyfriend for them. No, so baby? oh, that would be so loud. Okay. You won't sleep. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, we don't want any more. You, to... you want no more babies? No more babies. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I should bring my uh princess, my rabbit. It's a white like this big yeah. one, so she play with the uh <laughs> with the chickens. Really? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, princess, uh, and the coca. Coca get lost the last of the year. Somebody steal it. Oh, really? Coca is uh, a rabbit. Grape Someone rabbit. stole your rabbit? Yeah. Uh. Beautiful rabbits. It's, uh,
2: you sure yeah. a coyote
3: didn't get it or no, something? No, no. Someone took they, it. Somebody moved across the street and they take it. Uh. Is it in here? No, no uh, I don't nine see nine. nobody here. The back, was the back open? Yeah, I okay. opened. Awesome. I have my awesome. key here. All right, brother. Well, thank you very much, Okay, okay thank you for we'll it, your day, interview. Nice to meet to you. Great to meet you, my book? Oh, shit. My book. I need my book. Give him his book. So I can read, read it and...
0: Next time, next time. So, next oh, okay. Time, next time. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry, Gabriel. Okay. I'm not, I'm a mess right now. Yeah, okay. So All right, <laughs> brother. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you very much, Gabriel. Um, he was, he came in. I was doing a podcast with Luis J. Gomez, and he came in, and I left, and they talked for like fucking 20 minutes. In Spanish? I no, Luis doesn't speak Spanish, but he started talking to Luis in Spanish because he assumed it, and Luis is like, "I, I'm American. <laughs> I don't know about the Charlie Chaplin from Mexico thing and Hitler born in Argentina. I don't believe that either.
2: Uh, I feel like that might be true with Hitler. I, I know a lot of the Nazis fled to. No, but he wasn't born in Argentina. I don't know. I know, no. no. He, there's no way he could have been born in Argentina. But I know that's where a lot of the Nazis fled. Maybe that's where he's getting that. Probably.
0: So, wait, let's get back to Twitter. So, uh, yeah. so, so. Oh, yeah. So I just
2: deleted it because I was sick of just the constant negative shit how soon until you how soon after you deleted it did you regret it days <laughs> <laughs> i was really into twitter at the time and uh um it, i deleted it and then well this is will give you the time frame when it happened i went to a screening of uh or the premiere of uh, scott pilgrim versus the world Oh, really and as soon as the movie was over i want my first thought was i wish i could tweet how cool i thought that movie was and then um, I said to someone, "I was like, oh, I just want to tweet about how cool that movie was." And they're like, "So just fucking make another Twitter account." I was like, "All right." And so I did, and it's slowly getting back up. How there. many do you have now? I think like a hundred and twenty something thousand. That's,
0: I have a, like somewhere around there, and I I don't think I don't think anyone. I think there are two thousand people that read on my tweets.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way, and it's yeah, I think it's at a good number. I'm I'm like totally fine with. Board, so how did you, uh, I, I I hate to like divert this to two people that I'm fascinated with, but yeah. how did you meet Sarah and then tell me about Janine? I met Sarah um, after my stay at the Groundlings, because you know, Groundlings is basically just classes. You take classes to learn improv and sketch writing. And, I wish yeah. I'd done that. And then, uh, and then after, you know, after you do all, you, you do a class and then you do a show. And then you do the next class in a show, and then you do these writers' lab where you write a sketch show. And then a- after that, they vote, and they're like, "Yeah, you've been here five. You've taken all four classes. We think you'd be a good like actual company member to do shows." And they voted me out. They were like, "Yeah, we think you're done." <laughs> Are you serious? Oh yeah, you and I w- do that in Hollywood. <laughs> I know. It- well, the crazy thing was that was my life for five years. I was so engulfed in the groundlings like i was working in the office to pay for classes i would i would tape shows for people at night to pay for classes and like it's where i met all my fucking friends who like i still hang with and i was just like like, who
0: anyone that's working now that we know
2: yeah maya rudolph and i were in the in classes together
0: Maya rudolph is that i get Maya rudolph confused with uh Quincy Jones is Rashida Jones. That's Rashida. But Maya is Is in
2: uh, The Bridesmaids. Yeah. Oh, she's fucking awesome. She's great. And she's one of my best pals. I've known her. I mean, it's been like over 20 years now. Really? And, uh, you know, we were just kids together, you know. And uh, I was at Groundlings, you know, who else was there when I was there? Will Forte, like all these people, Will
0: Forte. You know who's you know who's really talented, but I don't uh, I don't remember his name. I'm really bad at names. But uh, yeah. the guy who is the other cop in Superbad. Oh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader is so, so fucking talented, fucking funny. dude. Like he might be someone that that I go. I might be watching everything he ever does for the rest of his life, even like, shit that he's in that's not great. He's fucking great. At he's him. really. I watched him the other day in uh, in Tropic Thunder. I watched Tropic Thunder with my oh daughters. My God. Dick swinging low.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's so fucking good. So I'm sorry, keep going. He's so good. So yeah, I was I was there at a really great time, you know, and uh I was there when Kristen Wig was there. I was there when
0: She is fucking amazing.
2: Melissa McCarthy was there when I was she
0: there. She is fucking amazing.
2: Like some heavy hitters. And so when they pulled the rug out from under me and like they're like, "Well, you're done." I was like, Wait, I've been here every day for five years. What do, What am I supposed to do? Like, I literally – I woke up the day after they cut me and I was like, I didn't know what the fuck to do. It was, I went into – that's when I started going to therapy because I got into such a deep depression. My girlfriend at the time was like, you have to see a therapist. You are like really low right now. But that's like that's like taking – stand up away from me and and
0: maybe just a group of comics saying hey you're not good enough to do to do this and i'm going well you don't know how
2: good i can be or even not good enough but just it would be like a bunch of comedians saying you're not the right fit for us and then you you can't do comedy anymore it was just weird and then i had a buddy that uh and by the way there are clubs that do that oh yeah In, yeah.
0: in, in comedy there are there are what do you say like six, maybe four different clubs in the city, five different clubs in the city, and I know that there are definitely two that have told me, "Hey, you're not good enough to do stand up here."
2: That's crazy, and,
0: and it's bizarre. But then you just write it off and go, well, "I'll just do it at the other three, and yeah. then and then and the, but that's how it works for a lot of us. I know. I mean, look it's at uh, look at like uh, um, I'm trying to think of a great like oh, fuck I'm gonna, I can't think of a great example. Uh, let's say uh, uh, Howard Kremer, who I think is fucking amazingly talented. Yeah, but there are clubs that go, "Oh, you're not." You're not right for us, and and you're like no, you're wrong. Yeah, you're you're wrong about saying that. I'm not saying that that happened. It, Howard, well, no, I saying. know, but it's like the whole
2: alt comedy thing versus straight stand up, where it's yeah, so and so I think that, it can work in both places. I think it can. I think funny is funny, but keep going. Yeah, and so so I had a buddy after that who uh, he was doing a play here in Hollywood, and like three or four days before the play started, someone dropped out. And they needed someone to uh, fill in for this guy in the play, and they needed a guy who who's funny, who uh could learn the lines, who could act, and who who could also play guitar. and I'd been in bands and stuff, and so he, my friend recommended me. He's like, and the guy who wrote the play and was starring in the play it was this guy Dave Juskow, who's like a New York comedian. Know Dave Juscou. does he have a brother too? I don't know, but Dave had that that show on like Comedy Central, uh, or he was part of that show TV Funhouse with Robert Smigel, was the puppets. Uh, He's a really funny dude, and he wrote this really funny play. And uh, so Dave was like, "Okay, sure, he can do it." And so I did this play, and the opening night, Sarah, uh, Sarah Sarah's like best friends with this guy, going back to New York, and so she was at the opening night of the show. And afterwards, she came up to me. She's like, hey, you were really funny. This was like, uh, it's probably like 2000. God, this was either like 2000 or 99 that this happened in. Holy shit. And uh, so I was like, oh, thanks. I, I was telling her, like, I don't like doing plays because I don't like doing live shit where I have to memorize.
0: For the record, Sarah
2: was not who we know her to be today. No, she had done. She, she had was been still- on SNL for a year and done a bunch of stand up and. You know, she showed up and you know, guest starring and stuff. Yeah, but she wasn't the big star that she is now. She probably do, just in, do, done. Um, what about Mary? Or Mary. yeah, she had done. What about Mary? Uh, and so uh, I was telling her, I was like, I don't like doing plays. I'm afraid I'm gonna forget my lines. You know, it's not like a TV or commercial where if you forget, you can just cut and do it again. So I and I really do. I hate doing live shit like that. Cause I'm to- I have a really horrible memory. And, uh, and I was like, so I get panic attacks and I started telling her about panic attacks and sh- that's what we bonded over. Yeah. She was like, dude, I used to get the worst panic attacks. And, uh, and we smoked a joint we sat out front of that theater like for hours, just talking and then literally hung out every day for like years after that. Like we we're total buds. And, uh, And so she wrote a part for me in her uh, Comedy Central show. Really? I mean, and that goes back to you you know, not knowing who I was until you saw me on Sarah's show. I hadn't done anything. In fact, when Sarah wrote the show, she was like, uh, you know, I'm going to have Steve, Brian Posehn and Steve Agee. They're like, whoa, whoa, who's Steve Agee? She's like, he's my friend and he's really funny. And they're like, we don't know who he is. Let's get somebody else, someone with a name that would... she's like, no, I wrote this for Steve. And they're like, we don't know who he is. And so Sarah called me and she's like, you have to put a tape together. And another thing we bonded over, I used to make dumb short videos, little dumb videos, just out of boredom. And uh, Sarah thought they were funny. She's like, just put all that shit on a tape. Like I had one called Cry Baby, where it's literally just a video of me walking around the house naked, crying. And uh, and then I had another video where I'm masturbating. (laughs) I'm laying it, I wake up in bed. I wake up in bed and it's like Thanksgiving. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Thanksgiving. You know what that means? And it hard cuts to me, like just a wide shot above my bed. I'm naked jerking off. There's just a black bar over my dick. And I'm just like just saying anything that has to do with thanksgiving like oh oh family arguments oh cranberries <laughs> oh dry turkey like and it's like five minutes of me just jerking off to fucking thanksgiving and that's what i sent comedy central and they're just like fuck okay <laughs> they're like this guy's fucking psycho but all right <laughs> that's, that's all do, i had on tape did you do one did you do one about you
0: dreaming or something maybe i think i saw one a long time ago of you doing like you something about something in a dream i forget you were sleeping i don't know i can't remember maybe um i'll find it i'll find it because i remember i i but i think i saw that one so so then you go and you do sarah's show and then that's got a fucking does it does it What's the feeling? Because I remember being at Comedy Central for a meeting, and I remember they were like, uh, "If this pitch has anything to do with convincing Sarah to go back to work, we'd love to hear it." And I was uh-huh. like, "I was like, well, I, I was like, I didn't even know." I was like, "I love that show," and they're like, "Yeah, we're trying to get everything back together," and then all of a sudden they pulled the plug. Yeah, they right? fucking canceled it. Yeah, and I was like, "It was th- an
2: expensive show, was it really?" And that's not. That's not Comedy Central's thing. They don't like expensive. Yeah. That's why they do like the daily show and shows that are very inexpensive to make.
0: Now, um,
2: was it, did it, did it stink when that disappeared? Were you just like, fuck? It was, uh, it was kind of depressing. By the end of the third season, we all kind of had an idea that it was going to end. Like, we didn't know we were, we were shooting the last episodes when we were doing the third season, but we kind of had an idea. In fact, when they started writing them the writers all felt like this is probably going to be the last season. So they just wrote huge episodes, like outrageous, like crazy. The third, I love the third season. It's just crazy shit. You know, me and Brian having a robot baby that like we bring to life by praying to the devil. And it's like killing people. And it's just crazy shit like that. We went nuts with the third season. Uh So when they pulled the plug, we weren't really surprised. Yeah. It was kind of a bummer but um yeah, I mean it was great for me. It got me agents and it got me more work. So it was He's, I I I hit the jackpot. Sarah, I would not have a career if it wasn't for her.
0: She's uh, every time I see her I th- I feel like I feel like I have the need to reintroduce myself cuz I don't think she'd ever remember me. I, mean,
2: I, I don't know about that.
0: Uh I think I mean I think I feel that way too about everybody. I, I mean I'm always I, like Steve, we met I'm like yeah, I do that all the time. All the time. I never would assume someone would know my name. And yep. I, to the point where I do that to the
2: door guys at the store, every time I go there, I go, hey, oh. Bert." Anytime, I, the, the store is the worst for me, because I, I, I do it so little that, like, I'll go, and I the first thing that I say as I'm walking up to the door is, like, I'm doing a Red Band show. Yeah. And they're usually like, yeah, we know. Yeah. You're all I'm one of the like, biggest I, shows on Comedy Central. I, and I also <laughs> have a problem with faces where I'm like, I think I know this person, but I'm not sure. So I'm always like, yeah, I'm Steve. And they're like, yeah, we've met, you know, I have just, maybe it's just a low self opinion of myself where I feel like I'm forgettable. And like, so I'm always feeling the need to reintroduce myself to people. You know what I mean? I look at your career and I go, as soon as that Sarah Silverman thing happened, I was like, oh my God, he's working every single day. I wish I get, that was the best. That was like, that was really the only steady acting gig I've had. But I know? feel like
0: everyone would I plug do. you into writing, and like, and I feel like you'd probably be able to, to direct
2: something. And like, I, I don't ne- know. I never want to direct. It's so think. funny
0: the way you perceive someone <laughs> via like social media. Yeah, because like you, you did those vines where, that were on Vine Street. Was that oh it? you No, know, it was uh,
2: the Hollywood Minute, or where I would interview people. Yeah, and it would just. And abruptly because it was a six second i loved vine but then it, it got to that same snapchat level where i'm like oh there are people making thousands of dollars from uh, you know getting paid to vine who are just terrible and i mean some of them are funny i know some of them who are funny but like there were just so many jason people- nash is funny yeah there were so many people that were getting rich off it and i was just like not <laughs> i was yeah. not and I, so i was like i mean maybe part of it was jealousy like fuck where are these people <laughs> buying houses and i'm still living in a studio <laughs> and i also just got sick of yeah six seconds fuck that do you find yourself turning down stuff though like is there not really really yeah
0: see like i because i always feel like do you feel like that you get the moniker of like of like almost artsy art where where people wouldn't go to you with like hey we're doing a burger eating show that that travels around yeah, the world yeah, would yeah. you want to eat burgers? No no I get
2: uh, stuff like that comes to me and I'm always like yeah like I I'm now that I'm in my 40s like well into my 40s I'm like I'm just constantly thinking about bills and eventually wanting a house so, I'm like I'm not looking anyth- at anything negatively, you know it, yeah. I mean some things I'm just like, uh but I'm an actor, so I wanna you know I can act in something that's not great and still do the best that I can, yeah, and uh pay my bills would you do Would you do a show for Travel Channel? Sure, what would you wanna do? What do you like? I don't like traveling uh that's <laughs> <laughs> that's another reason why I do the road. <laughs> That's the only thing that comes to mind is like the word travel. And I'm like, I like watching all that, but I'm like, uh, I used to have a horrible fear of flying. I got over it very easily, but, um, uh, whoa, how? Cause I have a horrible fear of flying still. Okay. This is a great one. I was flying to New York. This was like 2010, 2009 or 10 It was during the last season of Sarah's show uh, I was flying – I flew to New York to open for Sarah for the New York Comedy Festival at this place called – I think it's called the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah. And, um, and I already hated flying. I had a little bit of a fear of flying, but I was like, whatever, I can do this, especially I'm getting paid. So I, I – usually when I'm getting paid for something, I will fly. I'm just like – I'll just suck it up. Yeah. And so I flew to New York, and it was – top three worst flights of my life as far as turbulence. Really? It was... The plane was just bouncing all over for the full, like, five or six hours. And, like, I was just white-knuckling it, and I was just fucking terrified to the point where we landed, and I got off the plane, and I'm like, I have to find another way home. I can't fly. I don't ever want to fly again. That was horrible. And so I... I was like, I can't rent a car and drive. That's just I'll, I'll crash. I'll fall asleep. And so I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll take the train. I've never been on a train in my life. And I tried to, ju- you try and justify this shit. So I'm like, it'll be great. It'll be like, you know, Kerouac, you seeing the country and I'll get my own little sleeper car. And I'll just write, I have a script I need to work on. I'll write for three days, three days. And, uh, and so I did it. I got a, a train, <clears throat> got into my little cart, got out my laptop as we leave whatever Penn Station or Grand Central Station, whatever it is, 20 minutes into the fucking train ride, I am fucking nauseous because I'm trying to write. I'm trying to write and I don't realize how much a train just wobbles back and forth. Yeah. So I'm getting fucking motion sickness trying to look at my computer. And this is 20 minutes into a three-day train ride. And so I spend the next 18 hours just looking out the window (laughs) at the horizon just to keep from getting sick for 18 fucking hours. And we get to Chicago. I get off the the train, buy a plane ticket, (laughs) fly back to L.A. in horrible turbulence. But it was really eye-opening. I was like... This is nothing. This turbulence is nothing. Yeah. I will be home in four hours. Not too, like, I beat the train home. Like, I've never had a problem flying since. Oh, that's so crazy. I will take any kind of turbulence over a nauseating train (laughs) ride. (laughs) I love trains. I love trains. You know what I'm talking about? They kind of wobble. Oh yeah, they just move, they just shake and shimmy the whole time. I probably would have been fine if I hadn't been trying to write or read.
0: <laughs> I don't get motion sickness, so oh. I like I so, get it bad. Oh yeah, so I don't. I like I, a train ride for me is not is not that bad. It was fucking brutal. We took a train in Vietnam, and uh, oh shit, yeah, and that was I was I loved it. Yeah, except they're smaller over there. There's a, they're the old communist trains Is that's what they got. <laughs>
2: The communist trains.
0: Like the, it was the same ones they got in Russia. It's the ones that built the commies built. Yeah, so they're tiny. There's no like comfort is not was not there. Their... It's deficiency, not comfort. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, I love trains. I uh, I get claustrophobic. I just started getting claustrophobic. Yeah, not on train, not on planes, but uh, but in life, I n- I've never was never claustrophobic. Wow. And now I'm I'm starting to notice that I do get claustrophobic. Um, I had a friend who used to get claustrophobic once he got in the plane, and I was like, oh, "That that would drive me nuts." But it, that doesn't happen for me. My thing now yeah. is I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to I'm trying to reel back my drinking aggressively to the point where it would be nice that it doesn't dictate me. Yeah. I don't want it to like, and it does to this point. It does. Uh, there are times where I do not control it. I can't control it. The drinker. Well, no, no, it's it's when I fly. Oh, I, I can't, oh, yeah, I can't yeah. control it. I have no control over it whatsoever. I think that's
2: a common thing with a lot of people. I've been on a lot of flights where, like, morning flights, the person next to me is like, Jack and Coke. Yep. I'm like, I, wow. I flew from
0: Portland the other day and I was trying desperately not to drink. And she said, came up to me, she's like, Can I get you something before takeoff? And I just, I watched my mouth go double Jack and Coke or double Jack on the rocks. She was like, Okay. And I was like, Great. So then I had it and I flew the whole flight home with one drink, which is fine. That's good. But I leave for Virginia Beach Thursday morning and I, can promise you that i don't all i have to do is a show that one show that night i know i can do it pretty in the bag yeah so like i like the hard part for me will be like when when it does when there's nothing on the line when it doesn't matter
2: when i'm not coming home to see my kids just a habit. like what will will i really slow myself down and go uh is it for you is it because it calms you down or is it just a habit like like i go get a fucking coffee every morning even though i don't always drink it just out of fucking habit like, I have to do it, or I feel I go
0: crazy if I don't get a coffee. I had to stop drinking coffee because I was getting anxiety attacks. Like yeah. I was, like to the point they were bad. Like my face was going numb. But I think it was. I think I was imagining it. Yeah. Like my and yeah. And I um for me I get nervous. So I tried to fly to Portland without drinking. So I was doing my special, and I was I was like I'm gonna stay sober for the week and really work hard. Yeah. And not be bloated and fucking big droopy eyes when I get on stage. <laughs> <laughs> but on the flight there, I was like, I can't fucking... I literally gave up. And I, and I started crying as we were... Because it, it's like everything's heightened. I noticed that they're yeah. taking a different route than normal. Like, why like, aren't they why going why are we turning was, left instead yeah, of right? Why are we going over the Inland Empire? Where the fuck are we going? Yeah. And then they're going through clouds, and it was bumpy. And I just was like... I was like, I saw myself... I found myself tearing up, and I go, why can't I do this? I'm literally crying, going like, yeah. this is... I put, I put my sunglasses on. I was like, how do I have no control over this? How do I not... I'm I'm forty-three. I've done yeah. everything scary there is to do, anything in the world. I've done yeah. it all. Yeah. And I and I'm and I can't control this. And I was like, and I have a show that I'm working on tonight that I'm really focused and I want to do well and yeah. I wanna make sure it's good and I can figure out what's not good so that I can make it better. And I had three drinks on that flight. And then on the flight back, I was like, All right, I'm fine. It's early morning. I'm gonna go, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get a coffee. Yeah. I've never gotten a coffee at an airport ever. <laughs> ever. And I was like, I'll get a coffee, yeah. and I'll like feel good i'm gonna get a good coffee i can afford the calories i would have had cocktails anyway yeah i'm gonna get a cafe latte yeah and so i get a cafe latte and i'm like good i'm feeling good get on the plane and then as soon as soon as i sit down i
2: start feeling panic and i'm like stop it you're it's in your brain i through therapy found that my issues with flying were even before the thing with the turbulence that just put it over the edge for me i was afraid of flying for a long time uh I remember in the 90s, I took a flight from Sacramento to Burbank, which is maybe 40 minutes, really short flight. I had one of the worst panic attacks of my life on the plane. I'm sure it wasn't related to flying, but the fact that it happened on a plane after that, I would associate panic attacks or associate flying with panic attacks. And so I didn't fly for like eight years. Really? Because I was afraid of having... A pain. It's terrible having it on a plane because there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. Nowhere. You're on a fucking tube in the air. And so when I eventually started going to therapy, my my therapist helped me figure out that my, uh, my anxiety with flying was a control... Like I have a control issues. I have control issues. I get on a plane... I am out of control. I have no control. I don't know what the pilot story is. Maybe he's having a bad. So I have like a million things subconsciously going through my mind. Like I have no control. If we crash, nothing I can do about it. Uh, It's the same reason I'm a bad passenger in a car. Like if I go on a road trip with someone, I'm always like, I'll drive. I don't like sitting in the passenger seat. Really? Yeah. I feel completely helpless. I love sitting in the passenger seat
0: on a car ride. Oh, man. I can't I have I have control issues. Someone told me that it, it um so I don't know where I heard this but my panic issues started with one trauma traumatization as a child mm-hmm. where I where I was I didn't have control over the situation. Yeah. where I was put into a helpless situation. Yeah. And I can think of like three or four. Like I yeah. can, I
2: I were you bullied as a kid? No, not really. I uh You're always a big kid, I guess, right? No, I didn't hit my growth spurt to like freshman year in high school. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, no, it was, uh, I can trace my panic attacks back to the moment it happened, uh, when I was in high school, uh, I, I got sent to military school and I went to really? school where they filmed taps. I don't know if you saw Taps. Uh, you went to
0: Valley For- Forge military. Yeah. You know it. My Nana lived across the street from that. Wayne, Pennsylvania. That, so you know the, you know the track and field area? Yeah. Um, this is, you were probably, you uh, maybe you were, when did you, when, when you were in ninth grade? When were you in ninth grade? Uh,
2: like 80. It was, it was
0: probably already a development then. Like 84. Or my 70. nana, my, my mom's mom owned all of the property from, uh, St. David's, which was across the street, yeah, all the way all the way, pe- well past Valley Forge. No and shit. And it was one house. It was one house oh that was god. there, and they turned it into a complex of like older people's homes. Yeah, and my nana still lives there. Oh my I, god. Yeah, I, I watched the Villanova game last night because of my nana.
2: Dude, I went. That's where I went to school for two years. I got kicked out of a high school and I got sent to school there for two years. So wait, so so keep going. I'm sorry. And so, uh oh yeah, panic attacks. One one day, I was walking down the hallway in the barracks. And two of my friends were wrestling, play wrestling, just fucking around. And they fell to the ground, and one of the guys hit his head on the corner of the doorway, which was cinder block, split his fucking head wide open. And everything there is like I mean, it's military, so it's like everything is light green, like lime green. So, like, just dark red blood just really contrasted that. And I can just, I can still like close my eyes and plain as day see that kid laying there with his eyes rolled back in his head and just a put like just like in a movie, a a big puddle of blood just forming out of the back of his head and uh it was horrible. And I remember going after you know the paramedics came and took him to the hospital, he was fine. Um I we went to dinner in the mess hall and I sat down with my food and I couldn't swallow. I would take a bite of food and I couldn't for some reason uh I mean learned much later that that's a form of a panic attack it's like for some reason your body shuts down and you can't swallow like and that's a, a fucking involuntary that's like blinking or breathing you shouldn't have to think about swallowing you know what I mean and so that was my first panic attack and it was that day and you know looking back later I it was like that was probably like when I realized like we can all die. Like we're all more, I was like 17 years old. And that's when I was like, this is all finite. We're all going to fucking die. And, uh, that's when all my panic attacks started. It's so funny. You say can't swallow. It's
0: like the first time, probably not the first time I, but the first time I got really high, Mm -hmm. like when I was in, I was probably a, probably a sophomore, maybe a junior in high school. Yeah. Um, I got I got really high one time, and I couldn't swallow,
2: and I panicked, and man. I and I was like, "How do? How come I can't figure out how to swallow?" <laughs> That's panic, and it only builds on it. It's like the oh. the snake eating its own tail, where you're just like, "I can't swallow." This is terrifying, and and so you just and then you're terrified. Once it's over, once the panic attack is over, you're then worried about it happening again. <sighs> That's the fucking horrible that's the worst part for me about panic attacks is not the actual panic attack which is which is bad but they only last for a few minutes generally sometimes they last you know longer generally it's over after like for me like five ten minutes as soon as I can get out of wherever I am it goes away but like then the fucking shit is worrying about having another one I've I had uh, probably my First
0: uh, maybe the first one I ever had this is gonna sound so obvious, but like I didn't realize I didn't realize what was going on, of course, you never do when it first happens um my my our neighbors the Suarez's, were uh there were the there was a party across the lake from us, yeah, and the, our neighbors were over, and they said, you know we should take a boat over and um and go spy on the party it's high school kids i was i was maybe 10 <laughs> yeah and so i was like "Ooh, that'd be fun so we all get in the boat me chris suarez and gilda suarez his mom and my buddy chris where is this in 11 tampa okay so we paddle like real sly we're having a blast we're like oh shh shh so we get up to the we get up to the uh the bank and we're like spying on them and all of a sudden they see us spying on them they think it's two kids they start throwing oranges at us <laughs> fucking oranges fuck? They're throwing like fucking baseballs at us, yeah, really. That hurts. And they start hitting us. And they and by the way, there's like a hundred kids throwing fucking oranges. It's Tampa. There's an orange grove. Yeah. They ru- one uh, hits Gilda Suarez in the face, and her face just starts bleeding. And and Chris is yelling and crying. My mom, my mom. She's crying. I'm getting pelted by oranges, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> we paddle back.
1: And it's bad. It's bad. Like (laughs) all
0: that's like the joke is not funny. (laughs) Everyone's worried about Chris's mom and Chris, and because Chris is crying, and I went up to my room. (laughs) This is like in a movie. I went up to my room and I I just I like got my like the uh, you like fetal position. I got in the fetal position next next to my bed and just started crying, going like the fuck, the fuck. Like there's nothing safe in life. Like there's nothing safe. (laughs) And I was like, and from <laughs> came over, man. From that day forward, yeah. <laughs> I had panic attacks. I'd have them at night, but my dad was not sensitive to it. Yeah. like I remember one time realizing my dad. I was. I realized, I realized that my dad would die. Like I lay yep. in bed, and I, I was very shortly thereafter, and I was like, "Fuck, man! If that, what if that? What if my dad could die?" And I walked into my dad's bedroom, and I was like, "Dad, I, must, I was ten years old. I go, Dad, Dad, tell me you're not gonna die." And he goes it's no true. buddy we're all going to die you're going to die too and oh I
2: went, what Man. the fuck Oh, and then I man. just went to bed. I'm like, I'm going to die? I
0: was like, this is not cool. <laughs> and then my panic attacks manifested themselves with watching Carson. And I would, it, it, I don't know if you ever had like the, the um, I mean, I'm sure everyone's got whatever version, but like almost the blinded panic attack where it seems like everyone's shouting at you. Yeah. And, and like Carson's head looked really small and his body looked big. And he was just screaming at me. And I'd just be laying in bed being like, fucking go away. Uh, yeah. And no one knew it yeah and no one and
2: then I kept mine secret for fucking decade man
0: I didn't mention I didn't admit to having a panic attack until I was 30 no 20 yeah 28 in 28 I was like I remember saying to the doctor I went to my wife had dumped me and we had broken up and she was about to take me back and she was like you need to see like a therapist or something I think you have a lot going on and I went to a therapist and I said to them I was like he was like what kind of issues and I was like I have a fear of flying and this and that and I was like, sometimes I get in the shower and it's like I can hear the shower yelling at me. He was like, "What?" I was like, "It's like, it, like I don't know. You ever have it like where it's like yelling at you and you know, like and like you feel like gravity could just disappear and you could shoot up into space and like there's nothing finite and there's nothing real or tangible in life." And, and he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I was like. I was like, I don't know. You ever get on a plane and like I go, I kept describing blinders because I'd get blind, it's like, like tunnel, tunnel vision, vision. Yeah. and and then you couldn't determine what side was up or what side was down. Uh, or you yeah. could maybe you could hear the devil, or you knew that hell was real. Like, yeah. do you ever have that? And he was like, I think you're having panic attacks. And I was like, I was like, what's that? And he told me. Then he gave me Xanax, and I quickly became addicted to Xanax. Uh-huh. And then and then <laughs> and then I just and this once and then right around then a buddy of mine had him and and he had said that Sarah had, had them yeah. and then i started hearing people have them and then they got easier to deal with the second yeah.
2: i realized other people had them oh that was for me when i moved to la and like i had i didn't like verbally say anything to anybody until i was like yeah probably mid to late 20s yeah and even then it was just to my girlfriend who i was living with she didn't know for the longest time she was always just like why are we always sitting near the exits on a in a fucking movie theater or, or in a restaurant? And
0: because don't, aren't you afraid someone brings in a bag of gasoline is going <laughs> to dump it on us and light us on fire? Yeah. You don't She, like, she had
2: no idea until finally one night I just cracked and I was sobbing and I was telling her all this. And she's like, you're having panic attacks, you know? And,
0: <laughs> That's the worst.
2: And then then I started, I found the more I would talk about it with people, the better I would feel and the less I would have them and then the more i started talking about it with my friends in comedy and acting then i was realizing fucking everyone has it especially like people in the artistic world like i'd mention it to a friend i'd be like oh yeah it's like in this restaurant and all of a sudden i felt really hot and like i couldn't hear anything anyone was saying and i just had to leave the me- the restaurant and as soon as i got outside the restaurant it all went away and he's like yeah that's a panic attack i have those like twice a week <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And then I, I started just volunteering that information up to everybody I would talk to. I was like, you ever da 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 They are like, yeah, dude, all the time. And I felt so fucking great. It helped me deal with it for a long time. And then it just kind of, then that became not enough. And then I started seeing a therapist. And uh, Would you do a show where you voluntarily put yourself into panic situations? Yeah cuz I it doesn't I'm on medication now and it doesn't What really, are you on? Lexapro. Does it work? Yeah, it really stopped the panic attacks for me. Really? I mean, I still get anxiety. That's because what that's get. normal. That's what I get. I get general
0: anxiety these days. Now not so much panic attacks are kind of are kind of kept at, I've had I've had a number of panic attacks. Yeah. But my uh, what I'm doing at Travel Channel kind of induces them. And yeah. like like scuba diving, fucking, I watched a girl die scuba diving. Not, you did? Not, well, let me, let me, I'll tell you. You saw the girl get the bends who eventually died? No, 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 no. I watch. let me, so we do our training in Fiji. My but my dive buddy's is this girl, Callie. She's like my producer, one of my really good friends. I have a
2: scuba, I'm certified. Are you really?
0: Uh-huh. Oh, let's go scuba
2: dive. I wanted to be a marine biologist. Oh, so did my sister. Yeah. What, uh? what, what, it? You did? did do you go scuba diving often when i because i grew up out here and my family had a cabin on catalina and so serious we would i spent every summer as a kid on catalina snorkeling that's where i first scuba dived And and then in college i just got certified and uh like i went to you know like micronesia and you know like palau and those places and uh I haven't done it in de- like I would have to get recertified. I think because I haven't done it in so long. But uh, I used to love it. So we do. We did our, serv- our
0: certification in Fiji. We did pool certification in Denver, and yeah. then and then did yeah. our open water certification in Fiji. Nice. So the first one, the first dive that's amazing. First dive we did was really cool. It was at fifty feet, which isn't that deep. No, that's about right. It's that's about, perfect. I think that's a perfect depth I do too. <laughs> I, quite honestly, <laughs> down to
2: hundred feet. It's. I've done. I found. Did you find? There is an there's an opposite equivalent of a fear of heights with True. scuba diving, like yes. a fear of depths. <laughs> yes. Like when you yes. are 130 yes. feet down and look up, it's fucking horrifying. It's
0: terrifying.
2: Because then you're like calculating, oh, if I fucking run out of air right now, uh, and you just, it's terrifying. I wish I,
0: I I had a a bit, not a bit, but a bit about my first, my first, open water dive like legit like where i could go down by myself with a group though was at 90 feet which is too yeah. deep and i That's ran out of air at the bottom <laughs> and uh really i told this to the Bye. moth people because we were gonna, i was going to tell a story the woman was like very they're really good at story She was like it's very one note because yeah. you, you know because you do live so i know the end yeah. but it's funny the joke i make on stage is you you ascend at 10 feet a minute so, I was like, watch, this is how quick you ascend. And I walk 10 feet in one minute. It's slow as fuck. It's real slow. It's so, so literally, we're buddy sharing going up and then hit an octopus at the thing. But the thing, the thing that really freaked me out. So, we do like our first one at 50 feet. And I had a panic attack descending. And I kicked back up. And then I was like, I'll be fine. And then for me, a lot of it's playing to the camera. And once I play to the camera, I'm, I'm a little more relaxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I disconnect sure. emotionally. Yep. But we do our next one at dusk. Well, the, the last certification at dusk, and because we're just trying to get it in, we got done shooting. They're like, "We have time for a dive. If you want to go?" Yeah. We do it at dusk. We get down, at dark. We get down to forty feet, and it's me and Callie. And all we have to do is the one where you know you're holding each other's BC, and the one person takes their air out and says, "I'm out of air." Yep. And you pull your alternative air source and you give it to them, and they do. That's all we got to do, and we're done. We're yeah. certified. I'm holding on to her. I'm like a foot from her face. So she goes, pulls it out. I'm out of air. I pull my alternate air source. out. I give it to her. She forgets to clear it and breathes in water. And oh, I, no, no, no. we're at 40 feet. There's no quick... There's not... And I look at her and she...
1: Oh,
0: oh, and rips it out and starts reaching for hers. Grabs mine. I'm like... Huh? huh? And I'm watching her die. I'm watching her die. I'm like, oh my God, this is what death looks like. This, oh, is, yeah, yeah. this yeah. is it. It's really... Um, it it, it doesn't care about your hairstyle. It doesn't care about the face you make. It's It's sheer panic. It's sheer panic. And then our guide, our dive guide, this is why they make those guys, he just fucking John Holmes her and just shoves his alternate into her mouth and just hits the air button, just like just hammers her. And so it's just air. (laughs) And she ends up being able to cough out the water and take the air in. And then we all go up to the top. And I was like, holy fuck. I just watched you. I mean, I watched... The, I watched the first act of death, Yeah. and it it blew. And horrible. And then the next day, we went to do that ninety foot dive, and I had a panic attack
2: going down. Of course, and I was like,
0: "Uh, I know what death looks like. I remember
2: when we did our open water certification. I think we did it in La Jolla. I think it was La Jolla. But like they, this was a class I took in college, and so they would they would constantly warn us of all like you know all the fucking horrible shit like nitrogen narcosis and all that shit and they, they're they like they're like you shouldn't drink alcohol like like party like the night before you're cause that that's gonna like raise your chances of getting you know the bends cause it's I don't know the the, the science behind it but like you shouldn't really be drinking you know cause it yeah. it thins your blood or whatever I don't know if that's the reason but it's, it's something like that and so the night before we went for our open water certification, like we all went to a fucking party and got, I mean like blackout shit face <laughs> drunk and we all show up the next day down in La Jolla and we're all fucking hung over and we were all so scared to fucking go in the water. I was like, was like, I don't really want to do this now. I I'm still fucking, there's still alcohol in my fucking blood and it ended up being fine. But, one guy had such bad panic attack. He like bit through his mouthpiece, you know, and his uh, his air apparatus. Like he was like fifty feet down and just bit it right off. Like he, he his jaw was so clenched. I have I never had a problem
0: with scuba diving, and I and we used to do it growing up in Florida. It, we would go out to the the Bahamas and we'd just drop a tank at the bottom of the ocean uh-huh. and like at like you know twenty feet maybe. Twenty yeah. feet thirty feet, and we just drop a tank and we go out and we breathe off of it and swim around, oh, yeah, that's and then cool. just make sure to exhale on your way up. It was like I mean, it was you know i think I think for the most part, I never had a fear of it, and then and then I had a panic attack doing our our class in Denver just because in a pool <laughs> in a pool at six feet at six <laughs> feet because she said. All right, so we're going to go down, and we'll go through the class. It's going to be about 20 minutes. And when I got down there, I thought, I can't sit here for 20 minutes. And I literally kicked up to the top. And she came up. She's like, are you okay? I go, I don't know if I can sit on my knees for 20 minutes. Like, I don't know if I can be down here. And she's like, okay. I was like, can I, like, break it up? And and I think for me it was control. It was that you don't... Oh, yeah, for sure. You're telling me I have to do this for 20 minutes. I don't want to do it. What if I don't want to do it for 20 minutes?
2: For sure. It's, It's such a weird... Fucking the brain is the, the human brain is the fucking worst, dude.
0: Now, do you do you get do you get like social anxiety around
2: people? Yeah, I hate being in public. I hate like I went to a, a, a like I'll go to a concert and I will fucking hate being in the audience. I get such I don't know if it's claustrophobia or just like you know fear of crowds. Like I'm way more comfortable on a stage than in a crowd watching. Yeah like a show i fucking i don't yeah and i feel socially awkward like i really like fans and stuff like that but like when i it comes to actually talking to them i feel just as socially awkward as they do you know what i mean like you, you can tell when someone comes up to you to talk to you after a show and they're nervous and they're like hey uh can i get a picture with you and you can you put your arm around them and you can feel their fucking heart beating through their back and you're like, holy shit, calm down. Yeah. Like, I get that way too sometimes, though. Like, I'll just, like, there's just way too many people for me to talk to right now. And I, I'm just as nervous as they are. I get like that. I, I get,
0: if I'm sober and I got to do pictures after a show, yeah. I start going like, because I'm like, if I was drunk, I'd just be like, does anyone want a picture? And I don't give a fuck. When I'm sober, I'm like, I realize what I'm saying. Yeah. Does anyone, Would anyone like to take a picture with me? I'm so important. Yeah. And then I'm just like, oh, I sound fucking horrible. Yeah, I think I think that I've been medicating with alcohol my whole life. And I think just recently I was like, all right, I need to, if I want to live a he-
2: healthy, happy life. Yeah, it catches up to you.
0: Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> what was Janine like?
2: Oh, Janine was the best, man. I've she had a crush on her since I was literally twenty twenty-three. Twenty two probably. Yeah, I would always had a crush on her, and she was so cool. She came out here to work on twenty four and so they were putting her up at a hotel and she was she lived in LA for like, you know, three months. And I met her early on in that time and she at Largo. She came to a show that Sarah was doing and she uh God, it might have even been the old Largo, and she asked, you know, if she could do just like a drop-in set, and I just started talking to her, and she was just the nicest person. I still, I, I run, I only run into her ever now, like at festivals, like uh, in Port. I, I think the last time I saw her was in Portland last year, and yeah, she's the coolest.
0: Yeah, I wish I'd, I, I, I think in a parallel, I, I worked with her one time, but it, it, it did not go well. Really yeah well i what I you know what is it's one of the shows I saw you on the other day was uh flophouse, oh yeah, yeah, and one of the the one of the reasons I like that show, and this is gonna this is gonna sound shitty, I hope it doesn't sound shitty, yeah one of the reasons I like that show is because I know that every single one of those kids will cringe at that show in ten years, oh yeah, like exactly. they will hate the way they represent themselves, but it's it's part of being young yeah. And, and I, I was that ki- I was one of those kids where it was like I got it dialed in, I got it figured out, I got my persona. Yeah. I'm here we go, all right. This is how I behave. Yeah. And for me, it was a lot of like what people call bro comedy, but it was like toothbrush on the balls. That's what I do when I go to a party. <laughs> like it yeah. was just fucking horrific. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I yeah, she's and, not like that at all.
0: And I, I worked with her in... She like I went. I was like, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, so, and I give her like a great intro because I'm such a fan of hers. I Jenny Grofflin. She comes up. And I go to give her a handshake. She went, new things. And I went, "Oh!" And everyone groaned and <laughs> because the, of know, the touching the balls. I'm you sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't think she was being a jerk. I think she was yeah. probably making reference to whatever joke I had mentioned. i sure of Touching it. myself. Yeah. And then she was like, "I think I'll pass." Yeah. But uh, but I had always assumed that. <sighs> that she would see me and go, oh, that's the kind of guy I end up falling in love with. Yeah. And then we'd end up dating and then being staying friends. Like I just, oh, but I, man. but I was always drinking Janine that I was like, I was like, oh, we'll fucking get along so great. Yeah. And, and then it never.
2: That's such a bummer when that happens. I remember the first time I met Mark Maron, who I fucking love, love. And really I was a huge fan of his in like the nineties and everything. Like when I first, it was just really see when Man, he can deliver a letdown introduction, huh? dude. Remember, <laughs> r- remember in the 90s when like there were so many stand up TV shows, you know, like the A list and you know, comics unleashed. There were just so many oh. comic shows, yeah. And so, I w- watched them all religiously, so I knew all these people like Marin and uh, Jake Johansson, Paul Prevenza, all those guys, yeah. I was huge fans of all these people, and then. Uh, you know, I started doing Sarah's show and I started, you know, getting asked to do comedy shows around town and someone was doing a show at the Steve Allen Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. It Might have been Doug Benson, but whatever it was, it was there was like a bunch of comedians on the show and it, it was me and Doug Benson, Marin, I think I forget who else. But I, I'm talking to uh, to Doug there's like a a small group of people like backstage or in like one of the corridors somewhere and Marin's there and Doug and like a couple other people and we're talking and, and then I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm walking away and I just hear Marin go, what's, what's that guy's deal? Who's that? (laughs) You know, total Marin. And, uh, and that was the first time I met him. He's like, what's that guy's deal? And Doug goes, Oh, it's Steve. He's a, he's a comedian. He's a, he's on uh, he's on Sarah's show. He goes, "Oh God," and that <laughs> crushed me. Just hearing him go, "Oh fuck," or, yeah. I can't remember the exact thing, but it was something in effect of, "Oh fuck that," or "Oh God damn it!" Yeah. Like, like this guy's just now a comedian because he's on TV. It was that kind of vibe, and I was just like, "Now that I know Marin, and, and like, that's." Just how he is. Like, Oh, you almost
0: just... you almost feel like you're not you're not a legit comic if you don't have a good Mark Barron treated me like shit the first time I met him story. Yeah. First time I met him I was at the Boston Comedy Club in New York and I was I was working the door <laughs> and I, I had I mean this is and now I feel once again and this goes back and I hope those the kids that do flop house don't take that as an insult at all of course i enjoy not. the show and i, I yeah, think it's yeah. fun i think it's a great way to show new comedy sure. as opposed to premium blend which was my option as a kid yeah but like um but like one of my things was like you know i'd wear baseball hats backwards but uh-huh. this is like the fred durst day. yeah <laughs> i mean I I cringe. <laughs> I cringe now like i'd wear a hawaiian shirt and a baseball hat backwards jeans and flip-flops and that was my and I get on, I get off stage, and Maren goes, "What the fuck was that?" Oh, and he just God. lights into me. You're uh, a fucking. They put a bill on it for a reason. It's uh, to block the sun. Now is it? What is this? What? And he just destroyed wearing hats backwards. Uh, and it was like, and it was all stuff that you'd hear your father say to you if he saw you with your hat backwards. Yes. Oh, and yeah, it was yeah. so insightful. And it murdered. And I sat in the back, and I was like. I was like, "There's no way I can disguise that he's not talking about me. (laughs) Like this isn't. He's not making a
2: joke about Fred Durst. This is about me." And I, he used you as a springboard to go into a whole bit,
0: destroy. And I was like, "I was like, fuck." And then I just (laughs) hid because I was like, "I don't want him to have to walk past me." Because like he, I would work the door, so he would have had to walk past me to leave. I hid in the bathroom, and I was like, "Let him leave, and I won't. I won't have to run into him again." And then, um, and then, (sighs) and then I, then I became friends with him. Like I'm, you know, would see him around. And he just say hi, and then next thing you know, hey man, how you doing? Hey, Good. Man. Yeah, and, and then he breaks into you, and then when you do share that one time that you met him, and he yeah. says that he's like, oh, did I do that? Oh yeah, yeah. He doesn't even remember he doesn't it. Doesn't even remember it. It's one of the great things you know about. He was, I still to this day, there's guys in this business that that are that give you that rough exterior yeah. that almost make you fearful of being. Inst- of like going to a room because you're afraid you're going to run into them. Yeah. and But then you know them, get to know them, and they're like the sweetest guys in the world. Rich Voss. Rich Voss was terrifying when I first started. Yeah. He is the sweetest fucking guy I
2: live. You know who I used to be fucking terrified of was Brody Stevens when Are I first came serious? to L.A. Yeah, I would hang out. So this was – he's one of the com- comedians I have an earlier memory of. Even before I was doing stand up a lot, like I back when I was playing in bands, I used to come to the old Largo on Fairfax every mo- Monday night was comedy night at Largo, and that was like at the height of Mr. Show. So I would go there to see Bob and David and fucking Greg Barrett and Mary Lynn Rice Cub and Karen Kilgariff and Laura Keitlinger and Sarah and Swartzen. Oh, wow. And uh, it was just like the best fucking time to watch comedy, and especially that alt comedy. And um, uh, that I was just, a great, that was a great, oh my god, period of comedy. And I just always remember, like, I would want to go up and talk to them, like afterwards. I wasn't like doing comedy at the time; I was just like playing in bands, and I was just like out, hanging outside of the club, out you know, out on Fairfax, out on the sidewalk. And every now and then, I'd be like, I'm going to go up and say something. And then Brody would be there just being really loud. And I was like, that guy scares the shit out of me. Being Brody. He was just being Brody. And uh, I just remember going, fuck, that guy scares me.
0: (laughs) He was one of the sweet, like, when I started in New York, I would try to do the alt rooms. Just because you could get up at the alt rooms. You could definitely get up. Yeah, And uh, I was just, I was ostracized the second i stepped in like well but you know what you, yeah. a lot of times you go well fuck those people it was me it was definitely me yeah i i would roll in with a fucking joint and a 40 ounce and my notebook
2: a 40 I, I would buy a
0: 40 because you could get a 40 as opposed to getting a six-pack i get a 40 at the one of the corner stores with Colt or old english uh, old english yeah uh and and i and once again, it's like you're, you're. I don't know if for me it was a lot of rituals. Like I still have rituals, yeah. and I get obsessive compulsive about things. So for me, it was like I gotta wear, I gotta wear the same outfit. I gotta drink my forty. I gotta, do, and that's how I do stand up. That's how I do it. And I remember seeing some people that blew me away. Some people that, um, that to this day, I'm like, I can't believe they didn't become bigger. And then, but and then yeah. some people who are so overrated. But very, I gotta be honest with you, very few overrated people. Like yeah. I remember being, I remember enjoying that. The people that were overrated were the people that were playing to their friends, and I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, I get that this, I get that your friends find this funny, but I don't. Yeah. Um. And they're, they're, I don't think those people still exist. But uh, but Brody Stevens was destructive on st- in those rooms, and he was the nicest guy to me. Yeah. He was one of the few people that was very, very, very no, he's nice the to best. me. But uh, I look back at that, and I'm like, I'm like, I guess I'm just a regular comic, and I was like, I'll work the door at a club. Uh, and then the regular comics didn't like me either. No one fucking liked me. <laughs> it's been my fucking story of my life is just feeling like an outsider. It's so hard to believe. Life. Well, no, it's. I think people. I think I'm just. I think it's. I think I got some fucking sincere issues. Like I think I bel. I I write stories in my head about things. Like and I'll just believe them. Yeah. And I and I don't. You know, like I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm, I've am i always felt like an outsider.
2: Yeah. Like, I've always felt like... Uh, I think it's normal, though. You think so? Yeah, I've always felt like an outsider. Really? Yeah.
0: Like, What are some of your rituals? Oh, don't even get me fucking started. Like,
2: like you have to have a... Like, a Jack and Coke before...
0: Uh, no. So, now, uh, now, when I go on stage on the road, I don't really have any rituals, per se, um, when I'm on the road. But, like, getting ready for my hour, I found myself becoming very obsessive compulsive and i was like all right i need to i need to stop this like for instance i uh i'll try to think of a of a good example um but like the morning uh, like I, my wife got a bunch of blood work done on me the week of my hour special which is a, not a good idea yeah because it got me it got me in my headspace so i saw anything uh like say say i reached into the into the hamper to find socks and I found two matching socks very quickly. Yeah. I was like, oh see, everything's going my way these days. Oh yeah. Everything's flowing oh. in a positive direction. And like I and I and I said to myself I knew what socks I wanted to wear on stage I wanted to wear these I wanted to wear ones that had uh, like, clo- like four leaf clovers on them uh-huh. and I knew that I had two pairs. I had an orange pair and I had a gray pair and I couldn't find the gray pair I didn't know where the gray pair was but I knew I would seen the oranges around and I was like very quickly not getting myself into a tizzy but I knew that the orange pair was around and I wasn't <laughs> going to lose my shit like see those shoes those blue shoes out there I bought maybe a 100 pairs of shoes i probably bought 5 pairs of shoes cuz i wanted to wear the right shoes on stage and then i had to break them in and they didn't come in on time i had to buy like i like like really obsessiveness you'd never know it you'd never know it uh coffee was a big deal with me yeah. because i was like i i know it was like almost like dealing with a drug addict i was yeah. like i know that if i have coffee in the morning then i'll be tweaking by showtime yeah. and i'll be like uncomfortable so i'll allow myself a couple sips of coffee in the morning to get myself through the day so i can work out but when it comes to show 30 minutes before the show, I want to drink coffee so that I can really feel the buzz of the coffee. And then yeah. it was like just the fucking dumbest. It's like so the, weird. And, and, and it was like I couldn't I couldn't manage it. Uh, I, like the big, big one was that my daughter was in Catalina and I, I always give my daughters four kisses on the cheek, like obsessive compulsive, four kisses on the yeah. cheek every fucking day that I'm home and say I love you and they say I love you back to me and I'm good. Yeah, and I couldn't give my daughter four kisses on the cheek. I, but I had given them to her before I left for Portland, as I had my younger daughter, so I wouldn't kiss my younger daughter the day of the show, and I wouldn't say, I love you to her. Oh, my God. Said, I'd already said it to both of them. That's nuts, dude. And my wife wanted a kiss before the show, and I said, I can't kiss you. <laughs> I've already kissed you for the week, and I until Georgia gets home, for I can't week. kiss
2: you. That's amazing.
0: And my wife's like, and I was like, I was like, I, I said to myself, I want this just to be like a regular road gig, so because that would help me get out of the crazy for me. Because if I'm home and I'm waiting to do the show, then it makes me crazy. So I was like, I'm getting a hotel room. I'm just driving down to the hotel room, and sadly enough, the second I got in the hotel room, everything turned off, and it was like doing the road. Yeah. But when I was home, I was watching everything build, and and my wife's like, my wife's like, can I come? You want me to come back before the show? And I was like. In your ha- in my head, I started dealing with like the not homeostasis is the wrong word, but with the equilibrium that is not yeah. being allowing crazy in, but not getting too far off. Yeah. But then, uh, and then the first show went fine, and then once the first show went fine, I was like, oh, I don't give a fuck about the second show, and none of it was there for the second show. Like literally, I literally in between shows, everyone, agents, everyone, the network, everyone came in between the second shows, between the two shows, and hung out and drank. And then I I drank for the second show, too. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. But that first show, man, I was like... just
2: getting started. I'm the same way. I I will very often leave to go to a gig way earlier than I have to. Like, if I'm doing a set at the improv, I will sometimes get there like an hour or two before I have to, just so I don't have to sit at home thinking about it. Because once I get there, I just go hang out at the bar or whatever, and I'm fine. And then the other thing I do is uh, is write set lists. I have a real problem with like before a show writing out the set list. Even though I I have a notebook that is just full of the same exact set list. Like if somebody found it, they would think I was a fucking serial killer. They'd be like, (laughs) like, it's like the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy from like The Shining. It's like why does he have this? so many times it, it, every now and then it will vary when I try to put in a new joke but like for the most part it'll just be the same Fuck. even if I'm doing you know when I go to the punchline it'll be before every fucking show I'll sit down and I'll write the same fucking set list well, just to put myself at ease you know what I did this is I'll show you on the way out uh, as we'll go through
0: my house are you scared of dogs no okay um, but uh so I uh I had this set list and I had planned out a way to spend my day so that I wouldn't get crazy. So I was like, what I'm going to do is, uh, I'm going to take my set list that like, I want to say it's, it's like, it's in in my notebook, but I'd written on a couple different pieces of paper. Owls are also a big thing for me. So if I see owls, I start getting like really excited. Cause I go, Oh, I'm going in the right direction. Cool. It's like, uh, it's like, a, I, I am, I think I might be fucking crazy. So, um, so the, uh, I said what I'm going to do is the day of I will focus myself something artistically to keep my mind distracted. Cool. So I bought two stools and I said I'm going to just take a paint pen and write my set list artistically on the two stools and so that I don't have to worry about my set list on a piece of paper. I'll oh, have it true. written on the stool yeah. in paint pen. And then I was like, fuck, I should have something nice for, for my daughters written on the bottom so that if I get if I get if I get in my head I can look at that and be grounded. Well just crazy shit. So no, I spent the day awesome. I spent the day working on these two stools and then I brought them on stage with me and I used them for each show. That's awesome. I used those stools and then immediately someone wanted to buy the stools and then <clears> everyone was like, Are you gonna auction these off? And I was like I was like part of me is like, I think they're more important to me than anyone. 'Cause like that that I don't think anyone's gonna in ten years somebody's like, Wait, who was Burke Kreischer again? But I'll still go, Oh, that was the, the stool, stool I guy. had. So I'll show you them on the way out. But I like oh, that's I good. really That's a great idea. I spent the whole day working on these stools and just writing just writing my set list out the way that I needed it to be. So words would trigger memory you know, like so that if I did get lost, which I d I didn't even look at the stool in the set. Yeah. But if I did get lost, I could go there and go, Oh, I know exactly where I yeah. am. That kind of that's, that's the, the stuff that I think dials back anxiety for me.
2: I – that's so funny. I remember – because I have such a bad memory. I don't know if it's the pot smoking or what, but, like, I have – I really have a horrible memory. And so like I always have a set list with me, even if I just have to keep it in my pocket. I usually like to keep it on a stool. Yeah. A lot of times I don't have to look at it, but if I have to, it's there. It just makes me feel better. It just makes me feel better. Yeah. And
0: by the way, I've, I've, lately, the last month, I've been taking my, my whole notebook out with me to make sure that I covered everything. Because yeah. I, I don't want to do my special and not cover all of the course. ports I want to hit.
2: And I remember the first time I did the Comedy Store, I was terrified. I was nervous. And I'm backstage, and I'm writing out a set list like I always do. And someone was walking by one of the comedians. I don't know who it was. I don't remember who it was. But they just walked by and over their shoulder, like, no set list at the the store. Can't bring a set list out on stage. And I was like... Says who? Whoever this fuckhead was. I don't remember who it was. I don't know if they were trying to fuck with me or not. But then I was, like, instantly in fucking paranoid mode and i was like oh. what do i do if i go out i can't go out there with a set list and so i got a sharpie and i fucking wrote it on my shoe oh my god i wrote it just keywords so i would remember on my fucking shoe I that's like how it. fucking dependent i am on set lists i
0: it, for me it's that it's the it, it is the uh it's the extra oxygen it's just the thing that I know that if, God forbid, s- and by the way, it doesn't go wrong. When I do stand-up, I never look at my set list. I never look at my notebook. I mean, I'll look at it now and then to try out new yeah. shit, but like, it's just to know it's there. Yeah. And, and uh, for me... And
2: I've never given a shit when I see someone on stage with a set list. I, ne- I could give two fucks. Fucking every band in the world has a set list on stage. When Zach Galifianakis would
0: go to his set list, I'd get excited. And I'd be like, oh, this is going to be good. This is something <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen yet. Yeah. I, I, I never understood that. You know what it was? It was some fucking bro comic trying to say, oh, and we don't do alternative comedy around here. Yeah. You can't have your notes with you. Yeah. Well, fuck, Who gives a fuck. Just yeah. all you have to do is make me laugh. The only thing you're supposed to do is make me laugh. Did you, the night you, I saw you, did you, did you have a set list? Oh yeah. It In your probably, pocket?
2: On the store probably. Are you serious?
0: Yeah. Do I you I can't fucking say it enough how fucking goddamn oh, thanks, funny you man.
2: are. That's awesome.
0: Um so this has been like an hour 40. I could literally talk to you all day. day. <laughs> I feel like i I felt like this. I don't know what podcast I heard you on you we were talking about anxiety and i was like oh man uh, it's, it does make you feel better
2: when you talk about it it's probably been a million podcasts i've talked about it there's a really good pa- podcast by this guy paul Gilmartin.
0: uh i had paul on my show
2: the i had mental, mental paul illness on my show. Ha-
0: mental illness happy hour i had paul on my show just so i could do his show and yeah. i just did it to him oh that yeah. is what i got yep um yeah i think uh i'm thinking if i i'm thinking if i live a little healthier. Cause I noticed that when like I was at my healthiest, I was not as bad with anxiety, like yeah. skinniest, like meaning. And I know this sounds silly, but like you see a lot of these, uh, a lot of these. Oh, you know what I wanted to ask you about, but I'll talk. I'll, uh, um, you see a lot of these people on social media who are saying that you know, just because you're overweight doesn't mean you're unhealthy. And I was like – today I was like, no, I, I think that's I – mean, to me, I can't say for like a – I know I'm unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, like for like those – there's a, like a 400-pound woman who like does like pro body issue stuff. Yeah. And she's like, you know, just because you're overweight doesn't mean you're unhealthy. And I was like, okay, maybe for you. But for me, it's a direct reflection. That's yeah. almost like – it's almost like a, it's like a warning sign. Like when I get fatter, that means I'm not living healthy and I start, I start feeling – I think it goes right to my brain.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, like, and I think that's where it ends. It up. affects me. Maybe maybe I shouldn't let it, but it always affects me. Yeah, like, like if I'll ever, see a photo and I'll be like, Ugh. Oh, oh, I wish I didn't. I wish I had the confidence of those people who can be overweight
0: and they're like, I'm, I love myself. Owning it, yeah. I wish I could own it. I what? Uh, have you been following? Um, I only say this because it's like overwhelmed the internet yesterday. Have you been following Jen Kirkman's catcalling thing? No, Ooh. I don't even know about this. She got uh, catcalled in Melbourne. And like, by the way, the wrongest person to catcall. Like if these guys had known who they were catcalling, holy shit. That's like, that's like. just like out on the street somewhere. Yeah. These four guys like fucking said some comment to her. Oh my God, of course it would be her that they'd do it to. Almost like, and and part of me, like, I love Jen. I would, by the way, nothing ever comes out of my mouth bad about Jen, ever. Yeah. And I I will speak freely about her because I know that I love her. Yeah. And she knows that I love her. But, like, almost to an extent, I wondered, I wondered when they catcalled her if she almost got excited, like, fucking wrong person, motherfuckers. Yeah. (laughs) But she went on this, like, huge, huge, like, uh, That's like dropping the N-word to Al Sharpton without realizing who you're talking to. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and she went on this thing on Twitter, like, talking about catcalling. And all these women posted their experiences of catcalling. And the reason I'm saying is Kelly Oxford, who I don't even know if you know. Yeah. Do
2: you know her? She's the reason. I'm the reason she's on Twitter. Really? Yeah. We were both on, like, MySpace or something. And I was like, hey, you should try Twitter really yeah kelly oxford was fucking she had one she had a joke i loved uh
0: that i fucking i remember i was could tell you what comedy club i was in i was in omaha uh-huh. and i read it it was uh uh pads pads are meant for women who like smelling their menstruation oh <laughs>
2: i love
3: so that
0: gross. yeah uh but i was but she talked about getting cat called and I was like, holy shit. I was like, I guarantee, as I was sitting there last night, I was like, I guarantee you, Steve is someone who's never catcalled someone ever in his fucking life.
2: Oh, never. I I don't understand that. I'm like, I really don't understand that mentality of like, hey, baby. <laughs> hey, baby. I used, When I lived in New York, I would, I would see that shit all the time in New York. You don't see it as much here. Not that it doesn't happen a lot here, but just because you're in your car more here. Yeah. New York, everyone's walking around, so I would just hear,
3: hey, baby. I'm like, what do you
2: think you're going to get out of saying that shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah? You're talking to me? Hold on. Let's slip into this alley, and I'll suck your balls. <laughs> like, that shit doesn't happen. Does that ever happened to any of those fucking dudes?
0: I've never... I didn't know that cat calling was a real thing. Oh, I thought yeah. it was a joke. I thought it was like something that... Like in cartoons. Yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> ow!
0: Yeah. Like, I didn't really know that happened. And then... Um, and I'm, I'm being serious. Like, when they said that woman walked around... And then did that. I went, I, I, this is gonna sound horrible, but it sounds whatever it sounds like. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what Puerto Rican and black guys do in New York. But I don't, like, I didn't know that everyone took that for, I thought that was like culturally part of what happened. Yeah, like, is. I didn't know that that was something that felt threatening to people. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I was like, shut up. And then I heard this and I was like, oh, and then I have two daughters. And I started going, Ugh. fuck, man. Like, what, how do you raise little girls to go, cause you, I bet you do feel threatened.
2: Yeah, like, I bet you do get fucking scared. I get really uh, protective with my girl, my female friends, when I'm like out in public with them. Like, I'm I'm friends with a girl who's an actor. I don't I don't want to name drop. So I'm not going to say any names. But we were in. Tell me who she is. I'll tell you after. We were in Toronto uh, and uh, Eliza Dushku. No, no, <laughs> we, we were in Toronto for the film festival like like five or six years ago. And we're walking down the street and people would just like be yelling at her. And I would, I almost got in so many fucking fights because I would just, they'd be following us down the side. Hey, hey, and I would just turn around and I go, get the fuck away, motherfucker! I would just lose my shit to the point where I'm like, almost where I'm like, I shouldn't be friends with girls because it's going to get me in fights. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm
0: so glad that Jen posted that because I don't. I think for a lot of people, myself included, you almost just because it doesn't happen to you, because it's not in my wheelhouse, and it doesn't happen to me, and I don't see it happen to my wife. Because if I'm with, and it just it's also we're in L.A., but in New York, like I literally was like, shit, I didn't realize how fucking and oh. then i started saying like i definitely say hi to people is that like no I that's to,
2: not yeah, yeah that's fine like i definitely go hey how you doing today i do it walking around the neighborhood if i pass someone who's walking I a do dog. It in the grocery store
0: yeah, yeah yeah my buddy tate fletcher said hey n- tomorrow take some time and smile at old people and like say hi yeah and i was like i was like i did it and i was like i watched this old lady light up like yeah. like how huh? because they're at a certain point in age you feel invisible to society i know like no one's like you don't count anymore horrifying it really is well, I, I, dude, I thank you so much for coming over. Well, I, let's do
2: it again anytime. Let's do it again, because and you, you come do my podcast.
0: I would love to. You, right. Did you just... Uh, that wasn't you. Someone just tweeted that they haven't done their podcast in a month, but they're doing one. Is that no, you? No, it was me. Yeah,
2: I, it was I was you. gone for a month, and I, uh, a new one just launched last night with Mary Lynn Ryska, who I, I love. I love her. Yeah, I do too. She did something.
0: This is when I first... The strength of what, and I'll say alternative comedy, but like when I saw the power of what was happening in that scene, yeah, it was probably two thousand one, two thousand. Yeah, I was out in L.A. I was watching something. This was when, like uh, Zach would do the do the, um, uh, rip the piece Annie of the paper Annie, yeah. and then the black women would sing. Yeah, um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, I can't explain it. It was just so you great. should
2: rent zach galifianakis live at the purple onion to whoever's listening to this because he does it It, it, that is like a good example of like that kind of comedy where he he ends it with you know well you should just see it zach galifianakis live at the purple onion and uh
0: and Marilyn rice cub went on stage and i did not know who she was i like i i don't think anyone knew who she was at the time Uh but like she did a character of a spokesmodel and what it was, I don't even know if this still exists. It does, but now it's just on. Now, now it would be a character of someone who's on Snapchat, a hot girl on Snapchat, because that's yeah. all they do now. Yeah. But it was so spot on, and it was so funny, and so insightful, yeah. and so brilliant that I literally was like, I wrote her name down, and I never fucking forgot her. Yeah. And I and I, I remember running into her at the, um, at. Uh, Flappers Uh And being like Hey my name's Bert And I think you're Fucking genius And I was like And I remember telling her For the record I've brought your name up To like Five club owners Everyone loved 24 I was like They would all have you In their club You could totally do the road And you could totally Make fucking money And she was like What? What? And I remember, I remember, like, and, I, and I'm sure she doesn't remember it this way, and I'm sure it probably didn't happen this way. But I remember saying, like, you are fucking hilarious. <laughs> You're one of the funniest people I've ever seen. Yeah. Whatever, any person that could do what you did that night on stage has an has access to shit no one can imagine. I was like, I'm jealous of how smart yeah. you are. And I was like, you should do the road. And I, I'll be honest with you. I'd say the same thing to you, man. I we- think there's a ton of, I think there is a ton of, It sounds silly, but you say a ton of money, but there are a ton of people out there that would that would be blessed in the in the same way that like when you watch a great comic, you wake up Saturday morning or Sunday morning, and you remember a thing they said, and you laugh, and then you go to lunch with your friends that you hung out with that night, and you're like, "Wait, do you remember when he said this?" And you guys all laugh hard as fuck. You have that. You do that, man. And I I think it's I understand that the road is a fucking beast. But I think that you're. I think that you're denying yourself a well, let's ton see. of money. Well, let's and set a up ton a tour or something together. Let's oh, I go, go on the fucking and, road with you in a heartbeat. Let's go out and do some dates. Uh, let's get a tour bus and let's get like a bunch of fun people. Oh, that do- would be
2: cool. I would be so down with that. Let's do it. And by the way, Mary Lynn now is doing the road like crazy. I know. We I- talk about it on my podcast how how just. And she only just recently started. I was like, I noticed on her snap or not Snapchat, Ugh, I, that's like saying the N-word. I noticed on her Instagram, I noticed on her Instagram, like, she's just always somewhere on the road. And well, I, you know, the
0: crazy thing is, um, she's super talented. And that's the thing that, you know, you, f- you forget is that, like, like I'm in Des Moines next week. People in Des Moines have a very different life. They aren't going to get the references to like yeah. uh, to, like... So like the nuances of Silver Lake, they won't get like a yeah. barista Silver Lake joke. Yeah. So if you're act's filled with that, you you won't translate. Yeah. But like what you talked about was like that night. That is everything they're going through in life. You just assume that it's different because some of them live on farms. Yeah. Or some of them grew up on farms. We're all dying, dude. They're all they're all we're all <laughs> we're the all fucking same. And you don't have that that like exclusive act. You've got an act that. It's just funny. It's just funny, and it—that's it, nice. the key to stand-up. Is like I go, they go. Oh, you do like this alternative comic? No, it's, I like comedy. I like really good comedy. Comedy, me, yeah.
2: laughs or laughs. If you
0: make yeah. me laugh, I laugh. Look, there's a lot of fucking bro comics that I go. Jesus Christ, I get it. Like yeah. I totally get it. Like not everyone lives that life. Like not everyone runs threesomes and high fives. I remember being at
2: at UCB once, and I was in the green room. I was doing I was doing a show. I forget which show it was but Tom Papa was there in the green room and I think he's so fucking like he's like a fucking joke writer like oh. he's like so funny and he's one of those people I think of as like a proper comedian like a club comedian like just so fucking He's probably funny.
0: straight up down the line straight, club straight
2: yeah and I remember seeing him come into the green room and in my head going what the fuck is he doing here like how are these people going to like Except his like just straight up jokes, and then uh, I watched from the audience, and they fucking loved him because fucking funny jokes are funny jokes. Funny jokes and good, well written <laughs> jokes. Doug Benson, I did, I did Doug the, the the
0: Benson interruption. Yeah. At uh at Nerdist Meltdown, and he was, yeah. and I was like, I don't know, I don't. They're not gonna like my act. Doug's like, No, you're really funny. They will love it yeah and i was like no nah, i don't know and he's like trust me he's like dude it's just comedy fans that's all it is it's not and and what it is is i think it's us it's that guy that walks by and he goes no set
2: list at the store and you know it's the comedians that fucking make that, sh- that It's draw fucking lines and, and make by the way, labels not it's the, the shitty people. ones yeah the shitty
0: alternative comics are the ones that don't want good road comics coming in there and going like tommy Jonigan could work anywhere the fuck he wants but he's scared to go into some places because he's like i don't fucking know those guys they're gonna make me feel like shit about myself which i already believe and and it's those guys that go they're at the store that have worked at the store since the day they showed up in hollywood they've worked the door they've worked this fucking box office they've worked yeah. everything and now they're finally getting spots and then you show up yeah. and you fucking destroy and they're like well fuck he's a threat to me <laughs> it's, it's 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 a whole thing is like there was a kid a kid i say he was my age but his name is roy johnson he's a very talented uh road guy but he's a little little nuanced into tampa comedy mm-hmm. and i remember we were talking and he had he was a whole gusto about him i'm moving to new york i'm friends with D- norton de uh bobby <laughs> kelly they're all gonna get me in at the cellar and i told him i said i promise you they won't yeah and he goes what do you mean i said i I promise you they won't, because by getting you in, you are now taking a spot from one of their real friends, like Patrice yeah, or Keith yeah. Robinson, and so they won't get you in at the cellar. They're yeah. not going to, like, vouch for you. They'll, they'll probably go, oh, hey, and they'll say hi to you, but you're someone they know on the road, and until you move in New York and earn your own yeah, way You have the to cellar, get yourself in there. Yeah. yeah you're, they're not going to, and he was like, that's fucking impossible. Move to New York, move back to Tampa fucking six <laughs> months later. And I was like, now he's not even doing stand-up. Not yeah, even do uh, like, a stand up You just like you just like, yeah, yeah.
2: So well, I think you're fucking hilarious too. We should definitely do uh, do some dates or something.
0: Yeah, I, let's. I'm I'm fucking loaded up for the year. I'm ready to rock and roll. Fucking, I fucking. We were talking about doing. Um, I was talking with some people because Dun- you know Duncan Trussell. Uh-huh. Drunken right now is doing a thirty day tour with a tour bus up and down the East Coast, and I was like, oh, that shit's possible. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Why wouldn't you get, like, four
2: comics that love to have a good time, love to fucking be in good moods? I love that kind of shit, too. Like, the comedians of comedy where you can just go see, like, a handful of really funny people as opposed to, like, oh, I like this comedian. He's here for one weekend. And why not see him and, like, four of his fucking funny friends in a rock club somewhere? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. All, All
0: right. right, guys, you heard it here. We're starting
2: it. Tell us who you want us to tour with, okay? So I know I we t- on my podcast with Mary Lynn, we talk about that. Let's get Mary Lynn to do it.
0: By dude. the way, by the way, you you can't you you don't even need. We can get Christina Pajinski, Tom Segura, me, you, yeah. Mary Lynn, get their baby and fucking bang, bang it yeah. out on the road. Yeah, I'd do that in a fucking
2: heartbeat. That'd be fun. Um, what's what uh what dates do you have coming up? When does this come out tomorrow? Oh, uh, well, to, then. Tonight, Wednesday, I'll be at the Meltdown. Uh, I'll be doing Camille and Jonah's show at the Meltdown Theater That's in Hollywood. a great fucking room. It's a fun one. It's been like a year since I've done it. So that'll be fun. And then uh, April 13th through the 16th, I'll be at the Punchline in San Francisco with uh, John Doerr, who I think is the best. That's fantastic. Um, and then, guys, keep your eyes peeled for our tour. I
0: always just always wanted a tour bus. Oh god, yeah. You know what someone told me one time though, my agent told yeah. me. She goes, "You know, just for the record, it would be a lot more cost effective if you just Ubered to these places."
2: Yeah, that those things take up a lot of gas. I did a tour with Tig Nataro and Martha Kelly. Uh, it was the first time I did any kind of thing on the road and we did it we booked it all through MySpace. Oh, is this the one in the backyards? Yeah, the Crackpot tour. And we just for 2 weeks Went up the West Coast through the Pacific Northwest and then down through like Idaho, uh, Utah, Nevada, and Arizona. So for two weeks, we just played in people's backyards or living rooms and we just would put out like a donation bucket. We made no money, but we would always just make enough to pay for gas to get to the next. And we just did it all in TIGs. Volkswagen Jetta by the way
0: you could do that now and make fucking legit cash
2: yeah and that crazy so.
0: yeah I saw that I saw that that was back in the MySpace
2: days uh-huh I remember watching that going that would be a fun fucking tour I, I- learned a lot I was ter- I was terrified because it was my first time like leaving LA and just going to strange places and, and also just doing it in people's it, it really helped me it helped me a lot because it got me over my fear of like performing for like three people yeah because that would happen sometimes. Sometimes people would be like, yeah, I got all my friends coming. We're going to do the show in our backyard. And we'd be like, great. We'd show up and be like, three people. Did you guys film any of that? We we, we would videotape a little bit and we'd do video blogs. Yeah. Um, Tig eventually sold it to like Showtime or HBO or one of those channels where she went around with John Doerr and they did... A, they did. I think that's the one they aired on like Showtime or whatever it was.
0: I think I saw the ones from you guys for pictures on MySpace. So yeah. I thought that was a badass idea because at the time I was obsessed with Wilco, and I'm still obsessed with. Wilco. I love Wilco. I love Wilco. Yeah. And they did those living room shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, I fucking I tried to get a group of people to get a living room show in my man cave. Ugh. I would
2: fucking that would be great. No one that shit pops up in L.A. A lot of there's a lot of comedians who do those like backyard shows and well like... those kids that do Flophouse do that. By the way, I I love doing that House show, and it was one of my best sets ever, but they didn't put it in the show. Why not? Like, if you watch that episode, it just looks like I'm hanging out there, but, like, I did a set, uh, you know. Why did they put it in? Lance Bangs was like, hey, you want to do this House show? I was like, sure. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's it's because I've been doing stand-up for a while, and they wanted to just feature, like, the young kids doing it.
1: Yeah.
0: I like that show. I've watched. I've watched. I think there's six episodes. I think yeah. I've watched
2: all of them. It's cool. It is cool. You. It makes you want to be young again. Uh it makes me wish. Yeah, I'd been doing stand up a little more seriously when I was younger.
0: Yeah, but you know what, man? Every you. St- there's a bunch of people that all start out, and there's very few people that that are in their 40s doing it. Keep doing it, yeah. And then that's like the fucking saving grace. As I go. I guess I. St- I guess I stuck with something, like. I've always la- I've always like yeah. given up on everything, and yeah. it's the only thing i have stuck with is stand up. Yeah, and I look at all the guys I started with. I mean, the- out of the people I started with, the people that were working, I mean, like started with the only two people that are doing stand up on my first open mic are me
2: and Dimitri Martin. Wow, yeah, that's the only two people. Guys- Dimitri Martin, by the way, little uh, fun fact: the uh, probably the only other person I know besides myself who's allergic to chicken. Are you allergic to chicken? Yeah. Dimitri and I are both allergic to chicken. Dimitri's allergic to nuts horribly. Yeah. Like I'm, He's got a way worse than me. He can't even eat eggs. I can eat eggs. Oh, really? Yeah, he can't oh. eat any kind of chicken product. Yeah, Dimitri's got a ton of allergies. <laughs> like I remember some,
0: one time someone threw a nut and it hit him in the forehead and his fucking forehead. No.
2: Is, well, fucking yeah. way. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Dimitri's like like he couldn't have beer cuz beer had he could only have Rolling Rock if he wanted to have beer. He's a he. Yeah, he was a bubble.
2: We, boy. we had a, a a lighting guy. I think it was a lighting guy on the Sarah Silverman show. Um, who I mean, no one knew this because how would it even come up? He was deathly allergic to peanuts, right? And we did an episode where Sarah starts a band with her father, like a Lisa Loeb cover band, and they and then. And there's a whole montage of them going to these different places around the country, singing this this uh, song, this, that Lisa Loeb song. And uh, one of the sets that they shot on one of the days, like, was like, uh, you know, like kind of a a roadhouse. So they had like the peanut shells. Oh the shit! Floor, like, yeah. Cracked peanuts, and then uh, so this guy walks in the. Uh, um, and he, he walked in like first thing in the morning, saw all the peanuts on the floor, and was like, Well, see you guys tomorrow. And just went home and he was like, I can't even breathe that shit. He's like, I'll fucking die.
0: That's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's that uh that Dimitri was the first person I ever heard that was allergic to peanuts. Ever in my life, <laughs> yeah. I remember Sim saying, "Oh no!" Like, well, and, I, and I, I remember laughing and going, "Oh, it's one of his bits." Yeah, that was one of my big yeah. things when I was younger. Is I just thought people were all running bits on me. Everything that I had not heard, yeah, yeah. This, this is how, um, um, like, I'll say it off air. It's so bad, but like I was so oblivious and grown up, southern sheltered, yeah. That like, I mean, I, I was b- allergic to peanuts. Was like, fucking, I blew me away. Yeah, he's also allergic to chicken. Uh also I like the one thing I'd always want to talk to him about is that uh did you ever hear his interview with Marin? Uh uh-uh. uh. I wanna say it was like all about how difficult he was on uh on Dimitri's on his show. That apparently like he was he refused to work with Comedy Central. Like with anything. Dimitri did? Yeah, apparently. Hmm. I'm dying to fucking talk to him about that. I haven't seen him in I I haven't seen him in probably I haven't seen him probably in like 15 years. Wow, holy shit. I mean like we started we on the same night we were buddies. Like I went to his wedding. We this w- was in Florida? No, in, t- in New York. I started oh, in New okay. York. I did one stand up in Florida and then yeah. moved. And by the way, I was so excited when I found out that Todd Berry was from Florida. I was like, "Okay, I got a legit up, uh, like grooming." Yeah, yeah. Like everyone's gonna go. Todd's from there, and Bert. Yeah. And then Tom. Tom Rhodes is from Florida. Yeah. Uh, Jim Brewer, they said was from Florida, although was New York. And then yeah. Billy Gardell was the that was our Florida. That was every comic from Florida. That's so funny. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna let you go. It's been two hours, Steve. Not bad. Thank you so much. Yeah. Man. Man, I appreciate Thanks it. for having me. Ding.